in five, four, three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. Had to get the headphones adjusted. That's how we start the Monday here on the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1. The Big X, we're with you until 6 o'clock today. Talking all sorts of Cardinal sports news, talking all sorts of madness, talking all sorts of whatever comes up. It's how the show goes. We want you to interact with the show because it's your damn show as well. Hit us up on the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. Send in those texts of your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your concerns, your show topic ideas, all that good stuff. We want to hear from you. Uh, with me, as always, the big guy behind the glass in the Calgary Flames t-shirt today. It's his birthday eve. Tomorrow's Trevor Day. We're getting excited about it. I'm already, I'm already pumped for it. He's recovering from the weekend. I'm just assuming. I haven't talked to him about it. TK, how are you on this beautiful Monday afternoon? It is a beautiful day. It's not, yeah, beautiful. It's it's not too bad. Beautiful is yeah. probably stretching. I'm sporting Calgary. What do you got on? You got something a little faded. Is that? Is that? You now? know what is this that, is? It says back to back, and I can't read back to back to back AAU national champions. Oh, is that absolutely? This is the Tom and Manski long sleeve yeah, T-shirt. That's the one. Fred I McGriff. It's the one. That, if there was ever a reason to inspire me to lose weight it would be to steal that shirt from steal the shirt from me (laughs) (laughs) many of the it hasn't been like you know having more success with the ladies or you know living longer or you know just the shirt yeah not losing breath when i go from you know my chair to the bathroom yeah i do that too yeah none of these things have inspired me to lose weight it's to own that shirt the best part about this shirt is i've had this for a few years now and every time i would wear it on the old show like john would just completely forget about the last time that he made me explain the shirt and having to explain to oh, somebody, you, you don't have to explain. Well, I know, I know, I don't have to explain yeah, it to yeah. you. And most people listening are familiar with the Tom Amansky instructional videotape commercials that were on. I think every Sports Center from like 1990 through 2007, <laughs> and the, the commercial never changed, which was the best part. I'm like, yeah. I'm like that 91 through 93 AAU national championship run, it's losing a little bit of steam here. This is 2001. Let's let's update this thing. But when you're trying to explain why I'm wearing this shirt to somebody who has zero frame of reference. It's very difficult, and it's not great radio either. So every time John be like, "What do you have on there?" I'm like, "Oh no, oh no, here we go." I feel like that's the, like that was preparing you for radio with me. <laughs> I mean, in some way. It was, now I got and and you have worn this shirt before, and maybe you've told me this before, but you know, short term memory can be a, a pain in the rear, and I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. 
was that now is that an original or did you just find that like as a rep like on like oh it's like a, it's one of those like classic 80s t-shirts yeah, exactly. or whatever okay i honestly yeah. don't even remember who sold it it was one of those i think it just popped up and i was like hell yeah let's do this it's one of those times that on the uh the, the facebook people like hit a home run on you exactly i'm an easy I mark do like that yeah like you know every oh, now and then me a few times i'm not gonna lie the <laughs> thing is then you do it once and you have 75 targeted ads pop up for the next four years like you're done <laughs> I clicked on one. I was interested in how much it would cost to purchase lobster from Maine one time. <laughs> a year's worth of seafood ads on every form of social media for the next year. I still get the same thing. It was yeah. done. Yeah, I was like, well, I was like, well I mean, because first of all, you pick it, and it's like, for the cool deal of $712 per pound, and you're like, well, this is not something that I'm going to be doing. And then you're just flooded with more lobster. I think I get like maybe one post on my Facebook newsfeed per like four ads. Like I'll get, yeah, I'll get it's ad, bad. Ad, and, and it doesn't help that I get I order a lot of like stuff like the, the hockey shirts and eagle shirts and stuff off those websites. I mean, I get I get yeah, swamped with them. And I end up I'm not within the last few months. I've probably I even bought a sweatshirt, eagle sweatshirt. I saw and I was like, ooh, this is cool. I can't even wear the damn thing. It's too hot now. Yeah, what are you gonna do? And I gotta wait till next year to, to bust out my throwback eagle sweatshirt I bought a few weeks ago. It's gonna be glorious when it happens. Though. Oh, glorious, glorious. We got plenty to get to today. Louisville basketball is glorious. The first commit. Technically not a recruit, but it's the first commitment of the Kenny Payne era. Happens yesterday. It was once a week. We recruited him. I, I mean, it counts. It's the first yeah. commitment. It's a, I mean, I guess if you want to get literal, players committing to return for the next season is like the, the official commitment, but whatever. Like, the, you know what we're talking about here. Well, then who was first in that list? Who was the first to say they were coming back? Wasn't it Cindy Curry? It was Curry or Ellis. They were the first two. No, it was Curry before Ellis. I, I think it was Curry. If that's the case, it was Curry then, yeah. So we've got that to talk about. We've got DJ Wagner news of all sorts from Yay. over the weekend. Some interesting comments being made there. We've got another list that's going to infuriate Trevor, which always makes me happy. I'm excited about that. We've got North Carolina looking like now the preseason number one for next year. Are they actually just last year's UCLA team for next season? We'll discuss that. Um, such a, that was such a great headline. That was such a good clickbait headline. Line. Is North Carolina this year's UCLA? Click here. Do people write that? Yeah, I don't know. I saw like the comparison that. being made everywhere, and it's understandable why. But we'll we'll get to that. First, I I I feel like I should clarify this. I don't know if you've seen any of this going around, but I, I need to say, for the sake of saying it, Uh-oh. to my knowledge, Brad Calipari is not going to be Louisville's third assistant <laughs> coach. Twitter before I came in here. When the jokes become real life, that's know, when you know that it's you, you have to you, maybe you've overstepped a little bit. I think I, I, when I first saw it and thought, and, and thought if there's any, I mean, I, I slightly peed myself a little, like not in a good way. Did you not like, automatically notice that it was me joking? You didn't. You thought it was maybe being serious. Well, but the first thing I saw was something. It, it wasn't your tweet first. Thing okay, I saw. it was someone like tweeting someone about what Cal Tucker said. Okay. And then, and then, and then I went and saw you, and I'm like, okay, now it's it's got to be a joke, but yeah. For those who have no idea what we're talking about, Kyle Zucker, he put out a tweet this morning saying, it seems like there's some buzz that John Calipari might promote his son, Brad Calipari, if Bruiser Flint, who's in the mix for I think a head coaching job somewhere, who's going to hire him? <laughs> he's like, I mean, is it like Cleveland State? I think where he, okay, yeah. which I think is where he was before. I mean, when the bar is set that your your best coach was found at a crack house the next night, I guess. I guess Bruce Flint could be Fordham. I take it back. Fordham, which is where Kyle Neptune was, and who's now the ah, Villanova yeah, head coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's some buzz. He says there's some buzz that Calipari may promote Brad, but Kyle Tucker goes on to say there's zero truth to that. Brad has a job lined up elsewhere in college basketball. It just hasn't been announced yet. Ooh, so cool. I, 
so I, I do the layup joke, which again, if I'm playing basketball, pretty much all I'm, I feel comfortable with these days is layup. So if you put it out there, I'm going to, going to take it. And I've been doing this thing where it's like third assistant confirmed, like just joking when it's an obvious joke that's out there. And so I take this and I say, Brad to Louisville is the third assistant confirmed. Thinking, you know, everybody's going to see this as a, hey, they're like that crazy Rutherford. That's a cool joke, Mike, and move on with their days. And Ty Spalding of Rivals says he does the same thing that you do. Every time I, I make what I think is an obvious joke, you're like, here, fire up the message board headline. Like, here we go, start the thread. And he does that thing. And he's like, start the thread. And, and then, lo and behold, about an hour later, people start screenshotting this thread on Cardinal Authority and sending it to me of a guy saying, this may be what pushes me off the Kenny Payne train. I'm trying to stay on, but it sounds like we're hiring Brad Calipari to be the third assistant. And I don't want to be Kentucky light. I want to be Louisville. And everybody's talking about this on Twitter. And Kyle Tucker reported that he's he's not staying at Kentucky. And Rutherford confirmed that he's the third assistant. And I'm, I'm dizzy right now. I can't see straight. And to the, to the guy's credit, like I think he, he when he gets pointed out that it's an obvious joke by other message board posters, the guy kind of takes it in stride. Although he does call me out and says, like, if I'm not saying, if I don't identify it as a joke, then I'm lying. Do you, you have to put JK or LOL at the end of your tweet? We're getting to a point where I think it, it, we're, uh, we're approaching LOL. a no jokes allowed territory where I'm just like, everything's going to have to come with like a special joke font or a sarcasm font. I, I like how this is what like and already threw him off the Kenny Payne train. Like, it didn't take much, did it? He, he just can't handle Brad. I mean, it was like, listen, I, I'm not a Brad fan either, but I'm not going to. Given, not earned. Yeah, I'm not going to jump off the train that quickly. I, yeah. <laughs> I, so, I, I guess I'll clarify. No, I'm not reporting that Brad Calipari is Louisville's third Are you denying coach. it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 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 to my knowledge, Brad Calipari is not going to be Louisville's third assistant I mean, coach. Well, can we just assume maybe he's going to go with, with Bruiser up to Fordham? Is that assistant position? Well, Tucker says he's already got the job lined up. So. Yeah, he's waiting for Bruiser to get announced as head coach, and he'll take the assistant coach. I mean, I don't know if Bruiser's getting the Fordham job, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why I guess gonna, we'll find out. That's why Cal's still waiting. <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll find out. But he says he already got a job lined up, just hasn't been announced yet. I'm assuming it's somewhere other than Fordham and Louisville, but we'll find out. The Brad Cal, we'll, we'll we'll track that on the Mike Rutherford show as the weeks go on. The Brad Calipari coaching tracker <sighs> will get revved up. We'll track the plane. Let me know. I'm, I mean, I'm. I'll let be, you know. All right. The first time I find out, I'll text you right away. But just wanted to get that out. Please do. Let's start with the big news of the day, which is the Reds one. Yeah, three hours of content coming. <laughs> yeah. They won a game, Trev. I was excited. I was literally excited for you yesterday when I saw that. I'm not even excited. I was like, <laughs> I hate. This, we're gonna get started early today. I turned it on and they were up four one. I was like, hey, they're gonna win this game. There's a part of me that hates Phil Castellini so much that I wanted them to lose out. Wow, you've got to that point, right? Well, they're two and they were two and two and thirteen before yesterday. It's not like any dramatic run is coming. And when you've got, I don't know if you saw Jesse Winker being like, "I've been waiting my whole professional career but, to play for an organization that wants to win," and he says it as a member of the Mariners. That's going to sting a little bit. When you've got the fact that they, the Reds, became the first team in the history of baseball to lose eleven straight games in the month of April by multiple runs. Yeah, it's going to weigh on you a little bit. Mariners, like, one of what maybe what. Maybe five franchises have never even made the World Series. I think. I mean, I know they've never been it's there. Been a, it's a small, it's a select group, and they're a member yeah. of it. 
And you, Jesse Winker goes there, and he's like, this is better. This is way better. It's obviously better. I've only been here for like two months, but it's clearly better than Cincinnati. It's it, it's going to stink, but they won yesterday. Oh, so, and they were Suarez? I thought he went to. They both went there. Oh, they both went. Okay. Yeah, we traded both of them. I, I, I didn't realize they were both. Well, they were separate trades, though, weren't they? No, same trade. Okay. I goofed up on that one a bit. But no matter what, congratulations. Oh, and the Blue Jays won another series. They didn't get to sweep, but they beat the Astros in two out of three. I saw that the American League East standings, uh, they have that cool thing where it's it's in perfect um, like synchronicity. Like the Blue Jays are are ten and nine. The Yankees are like they they have ten wins. The Yankees have nine wins. The Red Sox have eight wins. The Rays have seven wins, and whoever is in last has six wins. I guess you checked that later than than last night. Oh, I just saw the tweet going oh, around. Okay, yeah, because Yankees end up winning, so now that we're we're both ten and six. Oh, so, gotcha. Yeah. I, I just saw the the tweet with all like they're like this will probably never happen again, where it's like perfect ten nine eight seven six in the order of the standings. But shout out to the Yankees. Uh, my my guy, my yeah, buddy Wanning, hanging with us. was visiting Dylan over the weekend. He was like, "I'm bringing the po- the firepower. We're gonna have a turnaround." And shout out to Eric Wanning. He brought the the energy up to New York. He also was right there. I sent you the video that he took of the the Yankees fans <laughs> throwing stuff at the the Guardians outfield after they had gotten into yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, just a, a wild scene. Cool well, weekend to be on up my there. fantasy team, by the way. Which I do know that, but I didn't know he was on the Guardians. I thought he was still on the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the big the big news. Yeah, I know people listening are like, talk about the news. The big news of the weekend, besides the Reds winning a game. Yeah, and the Blue Jays winning a series. And the Blue Jays winning a series. Yeah. Yesterday, we find out, while he, I think he was still technically on his visit, um, Tennessee big man Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. Oh, I was supposed to say that first. How much of a problem are you going to have with this? Brandon Huntley-Hatfield. Huntley-Hatfield. Screwed it up, you were closer than I thought you were going to be. I literally, you just, I think I studied more for this last night than the SATs. It, <laughs> like I was at home, like looking in the mirror, like Stuart Smiley, like Brandon Huntley. Huntley. Happy he's good enough. <laughs> he's, he's definitely he, strong enough. I started, I'm going to get his name Dog right. Doggone it, Kenny Payne wanted him. You, it alarmed me how many people's first thought when this kid committed yesterday, or at least one of their first thoughts was, boy, Trevor's going to struggle with this name. <laughs> Because it, it came in on the website, it came in via text, it came in on Twitter, and people were like, what's he going to do? And I'm like, we're just going to have to let him call him Triple H. <laughs> I probably, I love how the texters and, and listeners are in my head, because that would have most likely, without me realizing it, been the, probably the direction I would have gone. Yeah. I do. I, I can remember Hatfield, though. Especially, I was watching a lot of Westerns over the weekend. So you I, were. We're going to talk about I that. I can remember Hatfield. But let's get to, so, so Huntley Hatfield, he visits on Saturday and Sunday. He goes to Thunder. Have, now, have you heard who reportedly he was hanging out with a little bit who may have helped steal the deal on this? Curry? Jack Harlow. Oh, we're busted out. Louisville Harlow. ace recruiter uh, Jack oh, Harlow. Oh. Hanging hey, out. Hey, Jennifer Lawrence, you've been bumped from our top recruiter. Letting him know I'm throwing L's. Number one song in America features the, the line throwing L's yeah. in the hook. Tom Brady was gonna, wants to be part of our staff because of it. We're going to be a big deal around here. We got more uh, a celebrity influx that's coming to the Ville. If you want to be a part of this, maybe you go ahead and, and sign your name on the dotted line before you even leave here. And boom, less than twenty four hours later, we got Brandon Huntley Hatfield committed to Louisville. In this, I know that I, I get what the rival reaction is, and I get what the reaction of some Louisville, you know, if you want to call them Kenny Payne detractors or retractors, according to to, to Trevor Kelsey. Neither like him. <laughs> you know, people looked at the stats and say, "Well, why are people excited about this?" 3.9 points per game, 3.0 rebounds per game. And, I mean, is there a chance that those numbers wind up being indicative of who he's going to be as a college player? Sure. I don't think they're going to be for a number of reasons. One, 
he's got the pedigree. He, he was a five-star player coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. He also, it, you have to mention, he's a reclass. Like yeah. He was originally a member of the uh, 2022 class, the current class that we're recruiting, and was a top-ten player in that class. Yeah, he's going to be 18 this year with us. He, and he, yeah, he's not one of those kids who reclassified because – you know, he, he was held back a year or mm-hmm. was purposely, you know, a lot of times parents will hold back a kid, try to make them big. And then when they get to high school and they are really good, like, oh, yeah, he can play next year. Like, that's typically how the reclass happens. He wasn't. He, he, he reclassified a year ahead. So he was very young last year, maybe not fully ready for the SEC as a big man. And I say that even though he showed more than just flashes last season playing uh, for Tennessee. He played about 13 minutes a game, started 13 games for the Vols. But he is a guy who, if he was in this year's class, potentially could have been a top 10 player. I and mean, that's where he was in the rank. He was like number eight on ESPN. I think he was number six on 24-7 sports before he reclassed and wound up being the number 26 uh, player in the composite rankings that 24-7 sports puts together. And he was on a Tennessee team last year that was damn good and had a loaded front court. So he was going to play a little bit um, sparingly going in. And they, they thought that he was a guy. Talking to Tennessee fans and Tennessee radio show hosts, uh, who I know down there, they all kind of thought he was a guy who could have popped off this year and been gone for the NBA after his sophomore season. And there there isn't a person I talked to who roots for the Vols who didn't say, I was super disappointed to see him him go. I like it was a it was a blow. Like we all thought this guy like nobody doubted his potential. We all knew he had a, uh, you know, a very very high ceiling as a player, very athletic, very skilled. The one thing that I think people were a little bit more than one thing. The, the two things that people talked about him that were a little bit negative. One, he wanted to spend too much time on the perimeter, which Sounds vaguely familiar when talking about big men that we've been rooting for for the last few years. And two, sometimes the motor wasn't quite as high as it seemed. And that can be due to a lot of things. I think when you watched his games, if you watched a full game of him, and I went back and watched a little bit of the um, SEC tournament semifinal that he played against Mississippi State because I knew it was a game where he scored 10 points. And I remember watching live the game where he played against Kentucky. You know, he's playing two and three minutes at a time. It's quick spurts, and then he's back on the bench. And when that's the case, it's hard to really get into a rhythm. I think it's really hard to get a feel for who you are as a player. And I don't think that's going to be an issue for him at Louisville. But I'm excited about when you say kid with unlimited potential who has an NBA skill set, who just kind of needs to put it all together, maybe focus, energy, like all these things that you – kind of attribute to just being young, to maybe not being ready to play high major college basketball when you're 17, 18 years old. All of that makes me excited for Kenny Payne and Danny Manning to get their hands on him because it all says to me like this kid could be a big time deal, a big time get. And even if he's not, he can be a hell of a college player over the next couple of years. I think it's a it, it, it's a fantastic land. I'm very curious to see how this front court fits. Uh, we'll talk about the roster structure coming up here because I know everybody's like, well, this is great. Where, where the hell are the guards? We'll talk about that in a second. But just overall, like this was a guy that the staff prioritized. It's a guy that they, I mean, they pulled out all the stops for this weekend. It's a guy who could have gone anywhere coming out of college, had offers to Kansas, Kentucky, from Louisville, like mm-hmm. pretty much every big-time school offered him. And when that's the case, getting him as Kenny Payne's first commitment, to me, is a big deal and, we're, and one we're celebrating. Yeah, it's what isn't it's what we wanted. Yes, I mean, I mean, you can, you know, why and say he only did this his freshman year at, at Tennessee, or he's you know, you know, he's not he's a big guy. We already got big guys. 
we wanted, I mean, that was the selling point Kenny Payne. We're going to get top recruits. I mean, this is a top recruit. You mentioned it. You know, he was had not reclassified in this class would have been a top 10 kid, or at least was at the time. Even reclassifying as a 17-year-old into a, you know, a whole new class, he was still a, he was still a hoot. Phone's ringing. Phone's ringing. It's setting the tone right off the bat. This is going to be a great week. When the phones are actually working in studio, that. it means it's going to be I'll a hell of a week here at the Big X. <laughs> Leave the phone volume down. Uh, distracted. The, the one thing that caught my, I mean, but, you know, the numbers aside from last year, and like you said, he was kind of caught in a rotation, which he'll be in a rotation maybe with this team as well, with Wheeler coming back as well, and McCurry. Him being a guy who likes to play on the perimeter, maybe you can use that as, with playing Curry in there as well, with Curry on the block and him playing in that high post. We talked about Payne doing that because he doesn't shoot a lot of threes, even if he does want to kind of be out there a little bit more. You know, he took 13 threes last year. Also, I mean, as well as reclassifying, and so he's pretty much just a pressure coming this year. He was also like a late kind of developer, it looked like, in terms of his skill level in high school. When I look at what he did like in, in Tennessee before going to prep school, he wasn't putting up a lot of numbers. No, he wasn't. So he looks like a guy that's kind of developed late, in which case, if that, if that is, then, you know, him not having a blowaway year as a 17-year-old freshman in a reclassified Tennessee team that had town around him in a tough SEC uh, averaging four points and three rebounds is not really something to go, oh, well, this guy sucks. Let's not even bother about him. You know, this is someone who is still learning and and, learn, and being a big guy and kind of coming into his own and is basically a freshman with a free year of eligibility last year with Tennessee. I, I'm I'm, a, I'm liking it. I mean, enough to say that, I, hell, I practiced saying his name last night. And then you it, butchered it, it and take one. It's okay though. Well, you know what? Brandon Huntley Hatfield didn't have Boom! A great, didn't have a great year one either, but he's going to rebound and have a great career. And I'm going to rebound and say his name correct. I love it. The, the Not one every time, but on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> the one I think the two areas where he's going to have to improve immediately because you know stuff like developing an outside shot and uh, you know post moves and all that stuff. Sometimes that can take a couple of years or or at least a few months. But the one area where I think he can really help Louisville if he develops quickly, is he needs to be a better rebounder than he was a year ago. That was something, you know, people who watch Tennessee a lot. And, and again, it's hard to tell when you've got such a limited sample size, when you're playing three minutes at a time and maybe only getting a, a rebound or two over that span, it's it's hard to tell exactly how good a rebounder you could be if you were playing 30 to 35 minutes a night. But he does need to pick up pick it up there because Louisville's going to need we need somebody to step up and help us out rebounding. We lose Malik Williams, who, you know, say what you will about him, was our best pound-for-pound pound rebounder last year. And honestly, second was probably Sam Williamson, for like, if you're talking about rebounding their position. Yeah. We need somebody to help on the boards. Williamson was a benefit of us taking way too many long shots and him getting those rebounds in the middle of the court. Though. He was, but he also he crashed well. He had, he had good instincts when I, balls came off I the mean, rim. and while triple double h didn't rebound the, the ball <laughs> b double h didn't rebound didn't have the didn't average a lot of rebounds i'll say one positive is that of the 103 rebounds he had last year 42 of them are offensive it's good that's i mean you're talking about you know 45 percent of your rebounds being offensive rebounds it's not a bad little stat something to be to have it's good but also we need defense rebound rate like we've got to limit also, second chance opportunities because that was a big issue for us last year i'm more concerned on his ability to play defense in the pick and roll because right now we have no one that can do that that would help unless curry and wheeler have improved which i would drastically hope so but as of now we need a lot of improvement from those two the second case. area i was going because you're right like that's an area where we're going to have to have our big men figure out how to hedge a screen or if we're going to again we don't really know what defensive philosophy kenny Payne's going well, to play yeah. but the second area i was going to is we need a rim protector. You mm-hmm. saw that last year. I mean, Sidney Curry 
as good as he is on offense, I don't think you know he's he's six eight pretty much. Like he's not a elite shot blocker. He doesn't have a fantastic wingspan. He doesn't have those Elton Brand wingspan. He doesn't, and that's going to limit your ability as a shot blocker when we're talking about either straight up blocking shots or altering them. Like that's people weren't afraid to go right at him last year when we were on defense. Roosevelt Wheeler has the body type to be a fantastic shot blocker. He's got a, you know, we'll figure out whether or not he can fulfill that role when he gets, if or if he gets more minutes next season. But Huntley Hatfield should be a fantastic shot blocker given his skill set and his frame. And we need somebody like that. It wasn't Be- last year. He wasn't. And you look at the numbers, not a whole lot of blocks there. Oh, very few. But he also was playing the four on defense when he was in the games. If he's going to be the five, and who the hell knows, maybe he's, maybe he's not. If he is going to be the five on defense, we need him to be a capable shot blocker. Because last year, when we were trying to play this Mac line defense, which is, again, it's, it's not as far from what we're going to see if we do play the straight man-to-man that Kenny Payne learned from John Calipari or has implemented um, wherever he's gone or helped implement wherever he's gone, we're going to need somebody to alter shot to the rim if our guys get beat off the bounce. Because if you're not going to do that, you have to overhelp. And last year we saw what happens when you overhelp on every damn defensive possession. We just left great shooters wide open on the perimeter and got torched game after game after game after game because, one, we didn't have anybody who could stand stay in front of a good opposing ball handler, and, two, we didn't have a good shot blocker to make that opposing ball handler do something different other than kick it out to a wide-open guy when he got in the lane. So we just crashed into the paint and left 47% three-point shooters <laughs> all alone on the perimeter, and we're like, oh, how does this keep happening to us? Well, it's, it, it's, it's us. It's all on us. Like, that, that's... It's a us issue, not a them issue. In fairness, we left everybody open, whether no matter what their shooting percentage was. We did. We were an we equal not, opportunity yeah, we, three we, point <laughs> perimeter defense you uh, team. You accused us of a lot of things. Don't accuse us of discriminating against three point shooters. Yeah. We left everybody open. We made guys that shot seventeen shoot forty seven because we left them so wide open. That's you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> so if if he can help us in those two areas right off the bat, then brilliant. Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Hatfield. Our first player from Clarksville, Tennessee, since Marcus Maven. Is that, I didn't know if that was right or not. I mean, I'm assuming it is. Yeah, he's the only other one I know from there. And I know Maven went all in because he, you know, he like brought his mom on the the midnight show that he always does, uh, <laughs> and like was trying to get everybody. Like, I mean, we pulled out of the stops. He only lived there like a year, right? I mean, like, he's only played basketball there a year because then he tra- didn't he transfer twice in high school. I've got no idea. I think he went to IMG and then to Scotland Prep. So no idea. I just know he's whenever they say his name, he, yeah, he's he, from Clarksville, Tennessee. <laughs> He's got to change his number, though. Can't wear number two at Louisville. Who, Huntley Hatfield? Yeah. Oh, that's right. He's going to change his number. I'm, I hope no one, I guess no one mentioned that to him during the visit. Jack Harlow just trump, trumps that. Like, Harlow greater than wearing number two jersey. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. I've got more thoughts on Huntley Hatfield. I do want to talk about the roster, how it looks now, the front court heavy balance that we have, and, and the, the obvious need that is out there that it's a layup take, but you've got to talk about it a little bit. <laughs> At least we got spots to fill, though. We've got <laughs> spots to fill, and, and we'll talk about that. We, we will also talk about some of the guys who aren't going to fill those spots that we found out over the weekend, and some new names who might. Ooh, new names. Roster talk, recruiting talk, that's all coming up after the break. We'll take your text as well at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Monday on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X.
crowds are go-go Oh, with the record selection and the mirror's reflection I'm a-dancing all with myself Oh, when there's no one else inside In the crowd and lonely night Well, I wait so long for my love vibration And I'm dancing all with myself Welcome back in. Trevor's dancing himself quite literally in the production room, shaking it. Somebody wants to come in here and dance with me. I'm like, draw it. First hour rolling on here uh, on a Monday on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. We spent the first segment talking about the Brandon Huntley Hatfield commitment from over the weekend. Shout out to Jack Harlow. Locking it down. Are we sure it was Jack or the Thunderworks? Because that was a hell of a show. Did you watch? I, yeah, I watch every usually from home. This is the first year that I think I've just not watched. I don't go to it anymore, but I, I watch them almost every year from home. I've always watched it, and I, I honestly, this is bad. I kind of forgot that Thunder was Saturday. Oh, wow, I know. Like I, I mean, I did too up until Saturday. I mean, then you know, I just, no, I just forgot. Like I, I was, Mary you was. Hear the planes going above you and the. Not much. Like I heard it a little bit at night. I didn't hear it during the day like we usually do. I did, and. Well, I told you, Mary was at Keeneland on Saturday, so okay, I had yeah. I was with the, the the kids all day, and you know we were going to playgrounds, we were just trying to wear them out, do whatever we could, <laughs> and then you know Mary gets home around like six thirty ish, and syllables yeah, we we had dinner, we we you know, relaxed. Like I, I get Virginia down, and I come out from putting her down. Mary had just gotten John to sleep, and I come out and she's watching the fire, and like I'd forgotten, like it's the very end of the fireworks, and like now you could hear the fireworks from our house. You can hear them pretty much I everywhere. I think so. You can hear them from my house too, and you're not far from me. But up, like I'd made, like, you know, usually I'd be like, oh, it's starting now. I'm like, let's, let's watch this, and I just. Forgot. I mean, they are 30 minutes long. I mean, it's a long yeah. time to sleep for fireworks. I, I mean, also my my dogs, my girls slept the entire time. Just, I mean, passed out while the fireworks go. You can hear, and you can hear the the, you know, you see it on TV, a big you know big, uh-huh. uh, display, and then a. You know, the five boom. seconds later, you're yeah. in your house, the boom. But, I mean, it was a fun show. I enjoy, I mean, I liked watching it. Were there like different colors and like music and yeah, you know, they they well, yeah they, they fireworks exploded in the sky. Nothing ex- was that all new. Hey, hey, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, dude. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's round, it rolls, it's it's what works. All right. Uh, I did love seeing you see Mark Weinberg on Twitter is like furious about they they didn't bring back the waterfall thing from the bridge. No, they did do. I like the cool like the, they did the red with the like the shoot the they did a red kind of stream thing that looked. Oh, cool. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. And they did a, supposedly a drone show, but that one didn't. I heard that. Yeah, I saw people talking about that. Uh, yeah, that's the people I saw that too, and I watched the first few seconds of, but then I started doing something on my phone. It was like okay, this is. I just okay. love Weinberg has just, you know, Twitter searches his name in the word waterfall. And you're going to see like all these, like, he's like, I hope they bring back the waterfall. I know they, they took it out last year. I think it was for, you know, some concerns or maybe it'll be back now that we have, we're full on. And then he's like, where's the waterfall? And then it was like, hashtag bring back the waterfall. Let's get it trending. And I just said, <laughs> I wish I loved anything as much as you love this waterfall, Mark. I wouldn't even notice that they had, had her. They're not, maybe they did have it. I don't know. Apparently they didn't. Oh, okay. I heard, Mark will tell you they did not have the waterfall. It's iconic in his eyes. They didn't bring it back, but that was thunder. It sounds like it went off, you know, after not doing it since 2019. This is the first time it's been full bore with, since 2019. With there, yeah. It sounded like it went off without a hitch, which was great. That's good. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder how long before they actually come to me to do the soundtrack. Probably never. <laughs> I don't think kind of envy's knocking Thanks. down your door for the the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys guess my theme? <laughs> These are all songs from the NFL Bloopers 1987 VHS tape. Ooh, a blooper soundtrack would be good for, for Thunder. That'd be funny. Oh, my God. 
Um, let's, let's talk. We, we mentioned Brandon Huntley Hatfield at the beginning. Let's talk about the other uh, recruiting news over the weekend as far as Louisville's next roster is concerned. Can I guess and see if I, if I know it or not? Or you want to announce it? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, crap. Is there another piece of news from the recruiting? There's multiple pieces of news, which oh. is what we're about to discuss. Oh. Which one do you think I'm going for? For. I'm going with uh, Reed's announcement on May 2nd. That's one of the things. I wasn't going to leave there, but we'll go with that now. I was going to actually start with the kind of bad news and finish with the good news. Well, the bad news would have been uh, the Tyrell dude or whatever. No, but that is also bad news. <laughs> so since you're just like dancing around all this, let's lay it out with there. myself. <laughs> I was going to lay out the, the first piece of bad news, which was Sean McNeil, the West Virginia transfer, who's oh, yeah. a uh, pretty productive college shooter for the last four seasons in Morgantown. Um, lengthy list of schools that wanted him. I think Louisville, it sounded like they felt like they were in pretty good position with him. It was weird going into – maybe this is just how it's going to be in the Kenny Payne era where – in the past, when you've heard, like, Louisville thinks it feels pretty good about this, but not so great about this, and it's sort of wound up playing out that way. Like, like most times that there's rumors out there on Twitter or message boards or you know, wherever you're going to get your Louisville news, it's been pretty accurate. And with Kenny Payne, it seems like whenever people are, are putting stuff out there about, he thinks this guy is going to be the new assistant, and this is the way it's going to happen, and it's been the exact opposite. And then we just get, boom, Danny Manning. Boom. So the buzz going into the last couple of weeks has been Louisville feels pretty good about Sean McNeil. They've got no idea what Brandon Huntley Hatfield is going to do because nobody seems to have an idea what Brandon Huntley Hatfield is going to do. And then, boom, on his visit, BHS, BHH is a card. The BHH, baby. And Sean McNeil, before we could even get him on campus, he was scheduled to take a visit here next weekend. Remember, we were going to have him mock mini marathon runners. Ah, um, uh, yes. Hatfield got thunder. McNeil was getting mocking marathon runners, but he commits to Ohio State on his visit over the weekend. So, did Sean McNeil. Did they have an event going on this weekend? I don't know. <laughs> Take him off the board. He's gone. Tyrell Ward, you mentioned, he's one of the players from the 2022 class that Louisville was was actively recruiting. One of the few left in that class. One of the few top 100 players that are still unsigned, and it's because he was committed to LSU and then um, decommitted after Will Wade got canned before the end of the season. He's cut his list to three schools, Louisville not among that list. He's announcing his commitment on Saturday. Everybody seems to think he's going to pick Georgetown. I think he's down to Georgetown, Virginia Tech, or sticking with LSU, but it sounds like he's going to be a Hoya. When you say, when, when you're talking about the three schools and you refer to one as your dream school, that's typically the one that you wind up committing to in, in a few days later. So that's yeah. the, the bad news. Devin Ree. Finally, we know what's going on, or we—it <laughs> seems like we do, because for the last we've been on it's rewatch. Been you, by the way, it, which is because like everybody's like, oh, this is going to be a great day for Devin Reed to commit. Here we go, and then you're just like, uh, nothing, boom, and so you get a little bit concerned when everybody's hearing that it's going to be a commitment on this day, or a commitment on his visit, or a commitment on the Monday after his visit, and then no commitment. I think you start to get a little bit concerned. Like, yeah. is this guy trying to take more visits? Is he genuinely torn? What's going on here? He has announced, he's announced the day for his announcement, which is, I know, is a new thing that still blows the minds of older people, but it's the world we live in now. Devin Reeb will announce his college choice on May 2nd. May 2nd, 502, National 502 Day. Oh, is it? Well, yeah, it's 502. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of, Louisville has adopted this in recent years as the 502 Day. I don't think it's a coincidence. I would be very surprised, I guess not shocked, because I don't, know anything like definitively but i would be very surprised if he does not wind up committing to louisville 
on May 2nd. And it's two days before my Khaleesi and Arya's birthday. That's the other thing that people are talking about. Their birthday is May 4th. If you're committing that close to Khaleesi and Arya's birthday, then you're probably going to pick Trevor Kelsey's favorite team, yeah, which is not? Louisville. So we now know when the date's going to be. I think we should feel confident about Louisville's ability to land this kid. And that would put UofL now at nine scholarship players for next season. We've got six coming back. Kamari Lance still hasn't signed, but he still seems firmly we committed. Still good, yeah. Brandon Huntley-Hatfield transferring in from Tennessee. And then Devin Ree, he would make nine. That leaves you with four scholarships available for either a 2022 recruit or transfers. What we need is very apparent at this point because we've got front court talent at the wazoo at this point well, options front court options at the <laughs> wazoo <laughs> i think talent is not stretching it too far no sydney curry lit up some of the best teams in college basketball towards the end of the season we know offensively he's about as skilled a big man finisher as there was in the acc towards the end of last year we saw his potential on full display i think roosevelt wheeler you can say showed flashes of his potential brandon huntley hatfield former five-star recruit You've got a lot of potential down there in the front court. We need some ball handlers. We need some guards. We need some true guards. Because you've got L. Ellis coming back, who played primarily off the ball last season, but is saying he's going to be a point guard next year. That's great. We've got to see more point guard skills than we saw last year. I think that it's not being mean to the kid, but we've got to cut down the turnovers, make better decisions. It, you can't just be a guy who looks great scoring for eight minutes, and does nothing else great. If, if you're going to be a true, solid, steady point guard in the ACC, the ball handling, the decision-making, all that stuff has to be vastly improved. And so if it's not, where do you turn at this point? And the answer right now is nowhere because we've got no other point guard on the roster. We really have no other combo guard on the roster. Mike James can play the two. I think he's probably more of a three. Uh, we'll see how they choose to utilize him. I mean, we, this is a guy that we haven't seen play at all last year uh, because he was injured before we even got to the red white scrimmage portion of the season you've got Devin Ree now who is a another kid who's probably going to be more of a wing I guess he could technically play the two but he seems like he's more of a small forward I mean you could theoretically move JJ Trainer to the three two if you wanted to a lot of wing options we need some more backcourt options that's that has to be the primary focus now and thankfully we've got spots We've, we've got five spots out there you should be able to go get a good, if not great, backcourt option, whether it's a transfer or a member of this 2022 class, which I want to talk about in a second. But that has to be the primary focus right now, Trev. Trev. Did you call me Trey? I said I was going with Trev. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> it was a mixture of TK and Trev. Hey, who am I to judge someone messing up a name, I know, right? I, know. Uh, I will say this one thing. And yes, I agree. There, you do need at least, of the, if you, with the five spots left, I just say it right, five spots, right? There's a four. Five. Five. Five spots left. I'd like to. I don't Hold necessarily. On. I'm doing the math in my head. Four no, if recommits. Four, four, yeah, you're right. Four. Yeah, let's yeah, say you said nine. So four spots. Two of them would like to be, I don't want to say wing players or at least someone who can hand, be a ball handler. Because if, like you said, we don't know what kind of offense Kenny Payne's bringing in here. All we can do is assume judge that it's going to be something similar to what we've seen with Cal and his offense coaching under him for so long. And while Ellis is not a true point guard, Cal's never been one in his offense to have true point guards. I mean, they've usually been guards that are more kind of score-first type of point guards. Uh. Now, obviously, some can dish the ball out while assist numbers weren't bad. I'm sure nights weren't too horrible either, but they were still, in, for the most part, score-first point guards. 
And that's what Ellis is. Uh, now, that said, I would like someone else, because right now, even if by that you know mindset and that argument of trying to be make you feel more warm and cozy about the perimeter and the ball and the guard situation by using that. He's still the only one. We don't know if Mike James can even play that position as, as kind of a, a score first uh, one. We don't know if, you know, Lance can do that. We don't know if Reed can do that. I doubt either one of those two and the latter two can do that. And I really don't, I wouldn't bet on James being it either. So yes, we do need at least one, if not two more guys that are at least primarily ball handlers. I'm not, I don't need to have a guy who is a, you know, a wheeler coming in averaging six assists or seven assists a game, or someone coming in averaging, you know, you know, as a, a pass first guard, but someone who can at least handle the ball and be a primary ball handler, which right now, yes, we have only one of those. I mean, we only had what, two last year anyway. Well I guess I mean three maybe if you count Faulkner. I think you would count Faulkner. I mean, but was West really I mean he was a ball handler. We had four true guards though that that played. Whether who they the were fourth? I mean no Locke was a true guard. Yeah, but Locke you could say the same for Mike James and maybe possibly. Yeah, yeah, but Locke couldn't play the three. Mike James can. I mean he's got True. the size. Locke and couldn't the, play the one either. He was he was straight two. No, but I'm saying we need we need guys who can play the one or the two at this point. Because we've got I mean Kamar Lands is naturally a wing. I guess we're saying the same things about all these guys. Like well, Lands you can play the wing, you can play the two or three to me. You can, but like it's not a natural fit. And when you're a six seven dude who maybe like, like you're going to be guarding a lot of times in the ACC, like a six-two guard, and awesome. that's not a great matchup sometimes, especially if we are going to be playing like true man-to-man, keep your guy in front of you at all times Depends type your, defense. Your lateral quickness more than I mean, the wingspan alone would be a plus. It does, but like I mean, six-seven by and large against these lightning, some of these lightning quick six-two ACC guards is for the usually there are exceptions, but those exceptions are you can usually count them on two hands. Is usually a bad matchup. So we've got a lot of guys who I think can play the three. We need we need more natural guards. And the one player that has, has sort of emerged on the radar as far as James a natural guard? No. Well, well we I mean hell we don't know anything about him. Though. He plays the two or the three. Like that's yeah. but but not we need guys who can play the one or the two, is what I'm trying to say. We need more and I'm not just saying like they gotta be six two, six three. Obviously Kenny Payne has targeted some big guards, but we need guys who can handle the ball well enough to play either position. And we've really got one right now and ball handling was the biggest i think issue for ls a lot of times last year i mean we talked about the the pros and the cons of those four guards a lot last season and l's was sometimes getting out of control sometimes i mean he just dribbled the ball off his foot a bunch of times last year with nobody around him like that's (laughs) that can't happen if you're going to be the starting point guard on a team that we hope is a contender in the acc but the one new player who came on louisville's radar over the weekend is julian phillips He's the highest unsigned or uncommitted player in the 2022 class right now. Another guy like uh, Devin Ree, like some of these other guys, I think Tyrell Ward was another one, who had previously been committed to LSU. And then back, Ward was committed to Xavier. Does LSU I think, have actually. anybody coming in next year? I mean, no, I know. Matt McMahon. Matt McMahon's just tr- getting all the kids from Murray to transfer down I there. Mean, <laughs> They're basically getting, which isn't a bad plan to start off because they're going to be in some, I think, hot water pretty soon. But Julian Phillips. He's not going to fill the void that we're talking about. He's a 6'8 power forward, but he's a five-star prospect, 6'8", 200, coming out of Branson, Missouri. And he said over the weekend, Louisville's one of the schools that has recently been in contact with him. And I don't care what position you play, five-star, top 15 kid in class, going after him. If you feel like you can get him, you get him. And he'll help us out significantly. There's no question about it, but he won't fill this void. We're going to have to get some guards at some point. And I don't know who we're in on. 
right now that seems like they could be a Louisville lean. Um, I mean, this mysterious Cassius McNeely is still out there. Um, maybe he can play. Maybe he can't. I don't think you made that name up. <laughs> I didn't. I, I, I promise. He's a real person that actually exists. We talked about Primo Spears last week, the Duquesne transfer. Um, to my knowledge, he has not trimmed his list, but I know Louisville was one of the players that he reported having heard from. Uh, a new name just came out today, and we're going to hear more names this week. This is going to be, I think, a thing that we have to talk about all week long. The transfer portal closes on May 1st. And I've seen some confusion. I should, I should clarify. The transfer portal closes on May 1st if you want to transfer and be immediately eligible next season. Now, there's some thought that the NCAA, the NCAA has kind of been rubber stamping every transfer and being like, you need a waiver? Sure, boom, waiver granted. So there's some thought that even players who transfer after May 1st and request a waiver to play immediately from the NCAA will be granted that. We'll see. But I still think you're going to see an influx of transfers from some pretty powerful programs between now and when we get to the end of the week because people are trying to get that deadline. But there seems to be some confusion. That doesn't mean that like the transfer cycle is ending. If you're in the portal, you're still in the portal. Like you don't have to sign with a program before May 1st. I've seen some Louisville fans who have been like, we've got to get who we got. Like we've got five spots left. Let's, we got to get this done before May 1st because that's when the transfer deadline ends. That's it's just the deadline to put your name in the portal. So we can, you can sign with the program right up until we signed, Sydney Curry last year in like June, maybe maybe even been later. You can sign basically up until the season starts, and you'll be fine. Jay Heath is a name that that came in the portal today. If that name sounds familiar, he played two seasons at Boston College. He played last season at Arizona State. He's a career forty one percent three point shooter. Shot about forty four percent from three last year for ASU. Has averaged double figures all three years he's been in college. He used to just torch us when he was at BC. Because, again, we leave really good shooters wide open for long stretches of time uh, in the Chris Mack era. And he took advantage of that and made a whole bunch of threes against us. If we're looking for a guy who can really shoot it, play the guard position fairly well, I would reach out to Jay Heath. That's another name that should be on our radar. But we need guards. That's the the, the end of my spiel. Uh, Amani Bates, I guess, could technically play the two a little bit if you really wanted him to. But another guy who's more of a three or a four fit. It seems like Kenny Payne and company are just going after the best players available, which is a fine, I think, mindset to have right now when you've still got four scholarships available. But one of those last four has to go to a true guard, at least one. And ideally, it'd be like three of those four. I will say, just looking at the uh, 247 uh, transfer portal list, at the point guard position, they have right now currently six players in the at the point guard position that are still in the transfer portal. That's it. That's it. Now the number one now again, and I think and you brought this up too, and I probably agree that the, the one of the problem is with with us in the transfer portal is that it's the guys that have and I don't know how how much that stands for these the, these six names listed, but the ones with one year eligibility likely are not going to be looking at us fondly because the possibility of... And we're seeing that play out. Yeah. Uh, the names that are on this list, by the way, the number one, Tyrese Hunter, the Iowa State transfer. Yeah. He sounds like he's going to Kansas. Yeah. I didn't say, didn't say we were... Was going to be North Carolina, then Caleb Love came back. Uh, the next would be Adam Miller from LSU. Uh, yeah. Xavier Pinson of LSU. Uh, and then the last ones are Femi Adokale from Pittsburgh, Tyree Appleby from Florida, and Cam Hayes from NC State. All good players. Like These are all options that I think yeah. I would welcome if they wanted to come here. I have not heard that Louisville's been involved with any of them. But no, those are just point guards. There's other you know, right. guards listed, but, you know, shooting guard or what's the CG? Is that a combo guard? Okay, yeah. combo guard, yeah. So that's it's, it's what we have to make happen. We're going to have to find out who's I mean, all interested. All these guys are three stars or above, by the way, that I just mentioned. All, I mean, Tyrese Hunter is 
maybe the best player available yeah. in, the, in the portal. Now that Kendrick Davis, the SMU transfer, is committed to Memphis State, uh, shout to Penny, getting his guy, apparently dropping the NIL bag pretty significantly is, is what the word is. Speaking of the NIL bag. It's the FedEx, baby. <laughs> speaking of the NIL bag being dropped, I, I don't know if you saw this. Nigel uh, Peck, who's from Kansas State, also one of the best players available in the, in the transfer portal, signed with Miami over the weekend. It wasn't a like huge deal, I, I guess. It wasn't a huge surprise deal because everybody had heard that he was leaning towards going to Miami. But what makes this interesting is the company Life Wallet, which some tie to Miami, I guess. They're going to pay him $800,000 and a car over two years to promote their startup company. They've received over 3 million views since the announcement. That's already a solid return on investment for them, I guess. But this is, I mean, this is the new world. Like, this is supposed to be NIL. This is straight pay for play. Like, this company is just straight paying this kid to go to Miami. And you can't fault the kid. 800K for a, like, don't get me wrong. Nigel Pax is a good player. He's not going to be like a bona fide NBA superstar or anything like that, but he's worth $800,000 to go play in Miami for two years. It's Miami. Did you expect him to follow the rules in any way? The day These the, are the rules. There are no the rules day, anymore, the Trevor. The day's the nil. The day, I was on with KRC. That I was like filling in for like with, it was, it was Roush. TJ was out. I don't know. I don't know bachelor party or wedding or something probably uh, when the nil became official. And I remember saying it that day. I was like, mark it down. At one point, the U will be back. This is like the start date of the U part three. And we didn't think it would be basketball. 30 for 30. <laughs> like, it's going to be – yeah, football's a little they're, – they're having to catch up a little bit. I mean, they do already have, you know, the guy from uh, American Top Team, uh, Dan, Lam- uh, Dan Lambert, offering like 15 grand to every player on the roster or whatever it was last year, giving out millions of dollars to the entire team just as part of being uh, his, his group. But, yeah, I mean, it's – it's Miami. What do you expect? It's, a ba- it's overflowing into basketball now. And here's what's going to be really interesting to me on that front, and then we'll, we'll go to break, and we'll take text, prom- I promise. 502-414-1450. So Nigel Pack, he averaged, like, he, I mean, again, good numbers, 17 points per game, but yeah. for a woeful Kansas State team, they finished three games below 500. They were 14 and 17 last year. So that, a good score on a below-average team, warrants $400,000 per year, $800,000 for two seasons, from Miami now in this NIL world. Their superstar from last year, Isaiah Wong, one of the best players in the ACC. Yeah. I mean, he's a certified bucket getter. That guy is fantastic. He announced yesterday that he was entering the NBA draft, but keeping alive the, the possibility of coming back to Miami. Most NBA draft guys don't see him as a first-round pick. They think there's a strong chance he can come back to Miami. If he does, what do you have to pay Isaiah Wong now? <laughs> it's going to have to be more than Nigel Pack. And this is, yeah. He's better than him. He's been at your program for three years. If you want him to come back, let's say that that Isaiah Wong, the feedback he gets after going through this process is late first, early second round pick. You can get a two way contract. You, you if you're a first round pick, like you you, know, you you go. But let's say it's not apparent. Last first round pick, I want to say the contract scale puts him at about one point eight million dollars a year. So if you want, if it's too risky for him, if it's looking more like you know there's a chance you could go late first, but more likely you're going to be second round pick. Yeah, you know, you're probably going to be in the same boat next year if you come out. What's going to bring you back to Miami? Like you're probably going to have to work up like a million dollar deal for this guy. Close to if you want to be a hurricane. Well, yeah, yeah. probably eight hundred k. You're probably going to have to double what you're paying Nigel Pack for this next year. Then this is going to this whole thing is going to be fascinating to follow. The thing is, is that 
eight hundred grand probably to a Miami is not. It's probably nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. I mean, that's. It's always been a drop in the bucket. Like I just said, they're giving every. I mean, every player on the football team got like five, six, ten. I can't remember how much Lambert gave, but it was it ended up being like like two point three million total. Yeah. Because he gave every. I think backup players he was giving the money. Yeah. To. Yeah. I mean, and that's football, basketball. Yeah. And they're, they're better at basketball right now than they are they football, are. football well, probably. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, hour number two is on the way next. We'll get to your text on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. We'll talk about DJ Wagner's interesting weekend at the EYBL and the comments that his father made to the media. They're talking about this Kentucky-Louisville feud going on right now. We'll get into all that coming up in hour number two. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Monday on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. If I looked all over the world And there's every child to go But you're at the Thinking of Kevin Malone now <laughs> in Scrantonicity. This, this song's right there with like the semi charm life. It's like it's good. the lyrics are really dark, well, but they make it sound so poppy. I was going to say that too. Like I've never, there's no other song out there that I can think of that has more of a dramatic build up to what you think is going to be like this just badass, yo, like like just apex sound. Like it's just when the when the beat drops, it's going to be something just hard, and then it's like don't stand. And you're like, okay, well, not what I was expecting, but definitely catchy. I mean, it's catchy, it's cheery, but it's one of those songs like when you like you break down the lyrics, it's not cool, man. Hey, <laughs> gotta get those feelings out any way you can. And it's not like they're like really dancing around it either. They're they're pretty blunt with the lyrics. <laughs> We've got uh, it's hour number two of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1. Before we get into you know, I don't mean for this to like sort of become the. I feel like it's become the basketball talk show. There's just there's not much going on with football right now. There's not much going on with women's basketball right now. We've got big-time basketball news. People are excited about Kenny Payne. We go where the news takes us, and that's kind of been what we've been discussing, I feel like, for the last week or so. We brought the Reds. Well, I mean, I don't care about the Reds. But I do want to bring up Louisville over the weekend, baseball. We, we mentioned it was a big series in the Atlantic Division race. We, we, you know, Louisville didn't need to sweep NC State, but after getting swept by Florida State and Tallahassee last weekend, had to at least win the series, it felt like, to not just stay in a good position to win the Atlantic Division, but regain some confidence because the, the, the confidence has been waning. Getting a win over UK last week, I don't know if you heard of this, we beat UK again in baseball. Happens every year, multiple times usually. Um, that helped. But you needed to beat a nationally ranked conference opponent two out of three to, to kind of feel good. And that's exactly what Louisville did over the weekend. They take down, they take two out of three from NC State. It followed, I watched most of the game on Friday. Yeah, that was on TV. So. It was. And I thought, you know, we've been taught, we, we've mentioned a couple of times now, the bats are Omaha quality. There's no question about that. The offense is fine right now. The starting pitching is what has to get a lot better if Louisville's going to make noise in the postseason. And I thought on Friday, Jared Poland pitched really well. It was a encouraging start from him 
he just made two mistakes to, to Tommy Tanks, who... Yeah. Are you familiar with with the name Tommy Tanks, by the way? I, I, I almost texted you, but I think I said something during the game. And Guy's you, unbelievable. You were like, Tommy Tanks is two home runs. And I was like, oh, I, didn't know, I didn't know who he was. And as I'm watching the game, because I didn't turn it on until... I actually turned it on light the seventh inning when Louisville made their comeback. And, did the, and then batted around and, and scored like, what, 10 runs in the seventh inning, I think it was? Yeah, exactly. So you're welcome, Louisville, for waking up the bat. You did. I did. And... uh I did it again on Sunday too, but we'll get to that in a second. Oh, nice! And uh, so but he came up to bat. They're talking about someone's like Tommy White, and I'm like, I thought his name was Tanks. I almost texted you right back, like you lied to me. You said his name was Tanks. And I know nah, I'll, 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 I'll let him slide on this one. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Tanks is the the nickname. That's yeah, like, been... I mean, he looks like a tank, though. I mean, not just a clever nickname. No, no, it wasn't. No, it comes out of uh, you know what you would expect. He's a big dude who rakes. I mean, he, this, this guy's a machine and he, he got the nickname after the first, what, like couple of weeks of the season where he had, I think in NC state's first, like six games, he had like nine home runs or something absurd. Like he was just, every time he put the bat on the ball, it was going out of the ballpark, which kind of felt that way over the weekend. He hits two in the first game, he hits two on Sunday, four home runs total. The dude's hitting like, uh, I think right below 400. He's got, he was a first round pick, wasn't he? I don't know. I think they said that they were talking on the broadcast where he he was or projected as being maybe like a mid to late first round pick, but said he wanted to go. To, he wanted to be a college player. I mean, he's a freshman, so yeah. he, he would have been drafted last year if he was. And I think the thing that he's going to have to prove to people is that he can play a position at the major league level. But at this point, like if you have that stick, like I don't think you. I think that's a secondary concern especially now with the DH being a thing in both the National League and the American League, the guy is a big league bat, and it was on full display this weekend. He was, even when he, when the ball stayed in the park, like just the ball coming off the bat looks different from him than it does virtually every other college baseball player. 6'2", 220, I think that's kind of a, he's probably closer to 240 if I was guessing. He's it's a 240 on the, on their team side. Oh, it does? Yeah, according to NC State University, he's listed yet six foot two. I'd say that's more accurate. Yeah, he's. He's got looks like um who's who was the guy who's the guy for the Red Sox the the one that went to Cincinnati that said that it looked like he waddled like a duck when he batted Johnny Gomes no 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 the the, the name I can't pronounce the walk guy that they love in, in Moneyball you're not not narrowing it down very much not here Scrimsky uh the, he played at Cincinnati played for the Red Sox Jonah Hill is obsessed with him in Moneyball I haven't had him oh well that's who if Texas know what I'm talking about I'll look his name up in a second but that's who when I saw him at bat that's what it looked like when I when I watched him AJ Przinsky no not AJ Przinsky <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of a name that's hard to pronounce <laughs> I can't pronounce that one either but that's not the point that was the catcher for uh, the White Sox yeah anyways Louisville gets three big wins I think the the issue is still the starting pitching on Saturday and Sunday not better. And the cards were playing catch up in both games. They actually uh, bounced back from being down big early. They, I think they gave up five runs in the first inning on both Saturday and Sunday. Came back on Saturday to force extra innings. They lose 15 to 10 there. And then yesterday trailed five nothing early. They get four in the home half of the first and then wind up taking advantage. But the, the issues are still the issues. Starting pitching is going to have to get at least a little bit better. You, you can't Euliclis. win every. Say what? Sorry. Kevin Euliclis. Euclis. Lucas. Yeah. I told you I couldn't pronounce his name. He never played for the Reds, did he? No, I said Red Sox. 
played at Cincinnati University. Oh, I was yeah, I was, I was uh, thrown. That, that that was the thing. I was like, why I know where he played college? Don't ask me. <laughs> when you say he played, it's for, he played for Cincinnati. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The, I, the first thought that comes to my mind is not UC Bearcats. I, I, I'm sorry, I forget since they had an MLB team. Hey, that's <laughs> nothing to apologize for. <laughs> I completely forgot they still had pro baseball. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but so after this past weekend, taking two out of three again, the issues are still the issues. But Louisville tied for first in the Atlantic Division with Notre Dame. It is a tight race. Everybody is kind of within striking distance. Really across the board in the the ACC, the standings are very very tight. Uh, in on both sides, you got a lot of good teams, a lot of quality opponents. But the Cards hopefully get this thing going after this past weekend, winning the series. They get Western Kentucky now on Tuesday in a non conference game. They'll host Clemson for three this Saturday before they turn their attention to next Tuesday's Battle of the Barrel game at Vanderbilt. Then they end the uh, the season at Wake Forest at Virginia Tech and then versus Virginia. Still a chance to win the Atlantic Division for, you know, I mean, we've won it more times than not since we joined this conference. Would love to get I'm that positive. back going. I feel good. We've just got to get, I mean, just, it doesn't have to be, you know, Reed Detmer's quality, Bobby Miller quality. It doesn't have to be, just give us four or five good innings where we're not giving up seven runs every single time out. Like, it's, it's way too much pressure on the bats, and... I know right now it hasn't been a disaster yet, but it's not a sustainable model for success in late May, early June. That's going to have to get better. But we still got weeks to figure it out. I trust in Roger Williams. He always gets the job done. I trust in him here. Uh, should we read some some texts here? Yeah, we haven't gotten to him this, this yet to the show, so let's do that. We haven't. 502-414-1450. Uh, the text line was all over to Kevin Euclid. Euclid's greed, greed god of walks. <laughs> I told you I can name everything but his name. Like, when you watch him, I know it's not exact, but like that's how it looks, because he looks like he's squatting kind of down, and that's what I pictured when I saw him first at bat for NC State was Kevin Euclid. Texas Baylor Shireman just entered the transfer portal. I know you guys were talking about getting guards, so what are our chances with him? Um, I did not see that. He's the South Dakota State. He's their best player from last year. You know how I feel about that South Dakota State team. They're fun as hell to watch. Yeah, they can score. He's a smooth operator, great passer, terrific shooter. I've got no idea, you know, I mean, again, he just entered the transfer portal while we've been on air, so not sure if, if Kenny Payne's already involved or would get involved, but would love to have him. Oh, he knows. Would lo- he, he always knows. He always knows. I uh, would love to have him. Texas says, would you rather have Louisville men's basketball beat UVA FSU twice but lose to UK by 15-plus or beat UK by 15-plus and lose all games in embarrassing fashion to UVA and FSU? All I know is I got lost in that scenario. All right, basically, <laughs> I completely confused there. It's three wins over Virginia and Florida State. It's basketball, right? Yes, okay. but a bad loss to Kentucky or the opposite. Big win over UK. Three embarrassing losses to Virginia and Florida State. For next year, I'll take the UK win. I was, th- I was like, in a normal circumstance, yeah, the Virginia and Florida State wins are going to help us more. That's three conference wins by a wide margin. I'll take the loss to you next year. For next year, I'll take Next UK. year, I'm taking the UK. Yeah, I'll take the UK. I'll take the other Set the tone in the rivalry right off the yeah. bat. Let them know. And then hopefully we can make up for those three conference losses. 2023, ask me again. 2023, we'll start to have, I think, larger aspirations. But yeah. UK is looking, you know, UK now currently betting favorite in Vegas to win the national title next year. See if that holds. I mean, 2023, you won't have to ask me this question because we're just going to win all four. Damn right. Did you see uh, North Carolina? 
getting everybody back now besides Brady Manick, who's it's a big loss for them. He was a, a key player for them. Yeah, yeah, he was a huge player, but he's grad transfer. But yeah, but Caleb Love and well, not grad transfer. He'd been there, I think, a couple years, hadn't he? Oh, had he? I thought he. I thought he was just a grad from Oklahoma. I could be wrong. I thought I thought he'd been there for. I thought this was yeah. the second season. But Either regardless, he's he was gone, a, yeah. yeah, he's a who cares? Naga not going to be around next year. <laughs> That's a big loss for them. But everybody else is back. Armando Baycott announced a couple weeks ago he's coming back. And then over the weekend, the backcourt of R.J. Davis and Caleb Love both announced they were coming back. Davis, no surprise. People seem to have, as tends to be the case with this young man, no idea what Caleb Love was going to do. That's that's kind of his M.O. Um, On or off the court sometimes. Both. Yeah. Both. It's, it's the exact same thing. But he is coming back. And they're going to be the overwhelming favorites in the ACC next year. There's a solid chance they're going to be the preseason number one. And... It's sort of the same discussion that we had last year with UCLA, where UCLA, they sneak into the NCAA tournament after a little bit of a disappointing season, but they go to a Final Four, they get beat on a crazy shot against the number one overall seed, Gonzaga, bring pretty much everyone back, and boom, they're preseason top four, and you're like, is this just because they had a few good weeks in March, or you know, what, what, what did we do here? And they ended up being a good team last year, but not top five good. They were a four seed in the NCAA tournament. They made the Sweet 16. They played a real good game against North Carolina, got beat in the final minute. Is this going to be... like? I'll tell you my, my thought. I think Carolina's more legit than UCLA was a year ago because, one, they made in the NCAA tournament easier. They were an eight seed. They were playing better at the end of the season than UCLA was at the end of their season. They kind of they had the light bulb coming on moment. They beat Duke. Um yeah, they, they cheated to win a couple games against us, whatever. And then their NCAA tournament run, I think, was more legitimate than, than UCLA's a year ago. The Baylor game got close, but they still led by what, 30 in the second half, oh 25. God. And I think far be it from me to defend UNC, but the officiating did play a part in that Baylor comeback. And they beat a great Duke team in the highest of circumstances in the Final Four to win – and end Coach K's career and go on to the national title. They led the national title game by 15. Um, I think that it they warrant like it, it warrants that type of hype. But it will be interesting because the, the NC the North Carolina team that we played in February was just kind of a whatever team. I mean, again, we, we should have beaten them at home. We did beat them at home. We got screwed, and then we had a very good chance to beat them on the road. And they did not look anything like a national title contender. And that's exactly what they wound up being. And now everybody's coming back. Are they going to be more that team that we saw in March or more that team that we saw in February? I tend to think it's going to be a little bit in March. But also what this sets up, and it's going to make me just physically ill. Armando Baycott's going to get a lot of preseason national player of the year love. Oh, yeah. He's going he's gonna to be, yeah, he's going to have, he's going to be next year's Oscar Shibway putting up probably 15 points and 14 rebounds a game. Like Shibway's going to be most people's national player of the year preseason. But there'll be a lot of people saying, hey, look I mean, what... Baycott was second, I think, in rebounding to him. He averaged almost 14 a game last year. He had like, what, 22 straight double-doubles to end the season. Yeah, something I mean, ridiculous. Shibuya averaged close to, what, 15, I guess. So Baycott was probably, I mean, in the top five with him. I mean, but he'll he'll get some love. He'll be the overwhelming, I think, preseason ACC player of the year. Oh, that's given, I believe, yeah. But if he starts tripping people again, <laughs> does the Grayson Allen thing happen? Where it starts to become that defining him more than his actual play and it becomes a little bit of a distraction because well, he showed no signs of slowing down in that regard either he won't it won't it won't reach that level because he doesn't play for duke 
I mean, it, it didn't help Grayson Allen. He played for Duke. I mean, you, his face also isn't quite as punchable as Grayson Allen's. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, do we have to bring up bring up the Doug comparisons? I mean, the Doug. Yeah, like the cartoon Nickelodeon is it Dougie or would know what he looks like? Grayson Allen's like Ted Cruz. That's what everybody always oh, says. I always like like the cartoon from uh, that had the mayonnaise in it. Yeah, that, that was Doug. Yeah, I don't think I've, I think I've heard Grace Allen compared to everybody on Earth, but I've never heard Doug. The first adult, I can see it a little bit. The first adult video I ever saw had I swear had the Doug theme song on it. <laughs> that's a topic for a different day that I I really want to dive into at some point. Well, we'll save it for we'll save it for summertime. Just just mark it down as another one. Uh, I think North Carolina. I mean, what? <laughs> North Carolina. I, I, one of the problems with them last year it was inconsistency, and I think a lot of it do was playing down somewhat to competition. And you, I think you may end up seeing that a little bit next year as well with inconsistencies. But come March, I think. I mean, they're just a good team. I mean, they we yeah. saw that in this year's tournament. Now, that being said, then yes, I think going into probably next March, there will be a lot of people saying, "Oh, this is UCLA again." You know, they were. You know, a, a you know a paper tiger, a paper lion, whatever you want to call it, uh, a paper tar heel. You know, they're 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 not false, but I mean, we we both know when Love and Davis play well, and they don't play well every game, but when they play well, they're damn good. No question, and they're tough to beat. I've got to send you this. Um, we made it through the Tommy Tanks talk without bringing up the Sean Moth call that kind of went viral. Oh, it went viral. It was on Sports Center. Oh, it was. They did a whole segment about. Like monotone announcer calls. I told you I was mad at myself for getting home in time for the seventh inning to watch it on TV because I really wanted to hear Sean calling like the Grand Slam. See, this wasn't that. So, do you not know the, the call that I'm talking about? No, I haven't seen it. All right, I'm, I'm going to text you the you on the 1450 it? account, okay. uh, uh, the Twitter DMs. So he, this was Tommy Tanks's, I think, first home run on Friday. Man, it's hard to keep track of all of them. This was a moonshot, like an absolute Can blast. I this on the air? Yes. Okay. This is hit. This is Sean Moth calling uh, Tommy White's first home run for NC State on uh, Friday night. Heard nobody out. The 2-0 pitch in the air, left field and gone. <laughs> a bat flip from Tommy Tanks as he hits a tank that just landed, and it's three to one Wolfpack. Well, come on, Sean. Where's the love, man? <laughs> it's what you do when you're a homer announcer. I love it. He was it. nine of fourteen with five home runs. In his first weekend of baseball, it was a little cocky bat swing. Heard nobody out. Let's the do it again. Pitch. All right. In the air, left field, and gone. <laughs> a bat flip from Tommy Tanks like was, as he hits a tank that just landed, and it's three to one. Like I love it. I mean, it's just it's, it's such a good call. So SportsCenter did a whole like uh, keep- like of of uh, you know home team announcers doing calls of great plays by the opposition, which I, one of my favorite things in all of sports is when that happens. But it was just a fantastic call by Sean. Like compared, compared to on Sunday when I'm driving and I'm, I turn to, I'm listening to the game, and Louisville, I guess I hadn't heard this phrase. I guess this is, right, this is my version of a speedball. But it like I guess the ball got hit in the gap, and Sean's like, we got a cat loose in the alley. Oh, he always says it, and yeah. It's like, a good one. Like, is, that a, is that a common baseball call? I yeah, it's a call. Okay, I'm not it. familiar with that one. I liked it. It reminds me a little bit of the only times that I missed Tom Brenneman calling Reds games were when he would set up something. He'd be like, <laughs> like folks, if you've watched, he's like, he's like <laughs> Mike Leake, 3-0 on Jimmy Rollins here. And if you followed anything with the Reds-Philly series over the years, you know that you cannot throw a strike to Jimmy Rollins on hitters counts like this, and there's a deep drive to right field, and folks, it's two nothing. <laughs> and then he'd be like, and then he would like pause until he's running second. He's like, it is just unbelievable that you can continue to lose 
in the same ways time after time after it's the only time that i miss tom brennan is when he would get vehemently angry about stuff like that kind of like with the i was listening a lot of times to the bingles radio announcers during their during the last and over the years they are not monotone no they're not and almost like while on one hand I, i'm kind of rooted for cincinnati being good now and having a run this year on the other hand, I miss it because when they suck, man, their announcers are great. Oh, so it's, it's hilarious. I mean, they're hilarious to listen to when they're not any good. And they've been good for a while. And for the most part, I've been listening to them. And I forget their names to save my life. It doesn't matter. But, like, they are just, just making fun of themselves. Is <laughs> My favorite one is, uh, is, was a listen to a Pacer game one time. And uh, I can't remember who turned the ball over. And, 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 and the announcer goes, that was a turnover. He may, they could have just given us a damn assist for that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, my God. oh man. Uh, Texter, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. As much as I enjoy real sports talk, I need to know your take on John Oliver's breakdown of Air Bud. John, why would John Oliver break down Air Bud? So I saw this link, and it was like a – I thought it was a joke. I thought it was one of these satire websites, you know, because you know people love doing the whole John Oliver like roast the situation in Ukraine or something, and then it's like a twenty minute video that I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, John Oliver, I, I like you. I'm not gonna watch it. This is all right. I don't mind him. I saw this and I thought it was just a joke. Like I, I thought it was somebody mocking the fact that you know a lot of these websites will do like John Oliver destroys Trump in this fifteen minute diatribe, but apparently according to the texture, he talked for fifteen minutes about Air Bud. What's like recently? I guess yesterday. I, I'm sure it's great. Maybe I'll watch it. I can't commit. Man, I have 15 minutes for, for for so little these days to when it comes to like entertainment yeah, and things like I want to watch. Movies you got to watch. I'm getting lined up for. I, hey man, you watched all of Lonesome Dove in three days. No, I spent no, two days. I spent Wednesday, Thursday, and or Wednesday or God, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on day three, four, and five of trying to finish the Batman. I'm still not there. Still six, haven't finished six it. Six hours and six minutes long. Started on Friday, finished on Saturday afternoon. I'm jealous. I'd give anything to watch Lonesome Dove for the first time. It again. was good. That's so the good. best recommendation you've given me so far, yes. by the way. I knew you'd like it. That You knocked it out of the park on that one. I don't know if I'd put it as Tommy Lee ahead. It, it's it's now in a four-way tie with my other three, Cole Miner's uh, daughter, which I also watched last night. on. <laughs> it came on CMT, okay? What can I say? <laughs> so I ended up watching it. And, uh, I love that movie. It's such a great movie. And then, obviously, Under Siege and uh, The Fugitive, which the texter told me Fugitive was on HBO Max. It's not. Come on, Dexter. Got me so don't excited. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't lie to Trevor about this stuff. I was. I, I didn't. And I never got to watch it. It's not any of my streaming sites. Both Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Duvall said those characters are their favorite that they've ever played. Oh, it might be. It's Robert Duvall wise. Oh, it's so good. Uh, it's got Gus McRae forever. I, I might put it number one, but man, it's it'd be hard because I love Colors. Him and Colors with Sean Penn is great. Okay. And and it's a nostalgia thing, but it's but. Maybe it might be up there on it. It might be a past color. It's tied with it at worst. Texas, it's not strictly this show, but in Louisville sports discourse in general, Kenny Payne develops front court players, or the phrase "big man whisperer" is the new. Did you know Chris Mack's wife is from Louisville? <laughs> big man whisperer. It's, it's, it's a yeah, good text. Yeah, I say that. I, I think that's mostly me. I haven't heard anybody else say that. I do say it all the time. Um, but yeah, did you know that? Let's go no with idea. big guys. We'll see. He, he turns them into pros. I am fascinated by what happens with this front court because you do have. A lot of, I mean, Sidney Curry might be the most "quote unquote" proven talent that you have down there, and even his quality sample size is limited to like the end of last season. But his is similar to Withers; it's just they're a different year. Like Withers would have been his freshman year last year was, like they each had the same amount of glimpses, just a year apart. I mean, but Jalen Jalen started pretty much the entire season as a redshirt freshman. And he started this season to start. Like Sidney Curry was 
not just not starting for the first half of the season. He was barely playing. No, it's true. And then he comes in at the end of the year and is our. I think also like the other thing that is, and I don't, I don't want this to be like I'm being too critical of Sidney Curry. A lot of the the times that he was putting up big numbers at the end of the season, like you know, we were behind like 25 points. Yeah, I didn't want to be that guy because the Virginia game was one exception to the rule, but majority of his performances fall under the the analogy I like to use when you talk about NBA players and like this guy's good. Somebody's got to score. The the weight game's the biggest example. Somebody's got to score points, and it doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean you're a great player. And I'm not saying he's not, but somebody again, somebody's putting up points. The weight game because he had his career high was in that game. I think he scored twenty eight. Yeah, and I mean we were behind like from twenty by twenty like five minutes into the game. The Virginia Tech one too. He he had a good game and we and we were destroyed. destroyed. The Virginia game's the only one I think he really did well that we were in the game. So as excited as I am to have him back because I was blown away by some of the the moves that he made in the post at the end of the year. We still haven't seen him for a full season. I think we still haven't seen like what he can be as an everyday thirty minute a game starter. Brent Huntley Hatfield the same way. We've yeah. seen glimpses. I'm curious to see what Kenny Payne and Danny Manning can do with with him. Roosevelt Wheeler. How do you factor him into this equation? Jalen Withers. How do they work? Like, does he bounce back? Do we get the Withers we thought we were going to see it, last year? There are so many interesting questions about this. Like, it, it, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if we see. Like predicting a starting lineup for next year's team is going to be damn near impossible until we start hearing some stuff this summer. And if the first few weeks of the Kenny Payne era are any indication, I don't know if we're going to hear that much. Like I, I don't know if there's going to be leaks anymore. I don't know if there's going to be stuff that gets out from the program that they don't want to get out. So who the hell knows? I mean, we we could spend the entire month of September and October talking like Brandon Huntley Hatfield looks like he's going to be the starter at center. Maybe they're going to move Sidney Curry over to the four. Sounds like Jalen Withers is is really doing a great job with this new coaching staff and they think he can be great and then boom first exhibition game roosevelt wheeler starting at the five like like, nothing would surprise me about this front court uh, and how the rotations are going to work and hell we may add a couple more players to the front court before all said and done does the huntley hatfield uh coming in does that kind of maybe close a door on the uh the bahamas kid possibly oh he's not coming here and even dre davis now i would say yes because i mean frederick king's done like that he's he's, that was was, he's out it was given no matter what okay dre davis I mean, because Dre Davis is barely. I mean, you can. I mean, at six five, he's still more of a. You know, he's going somewhere else. Yeah, he's not much. I mean, he's kind of a wing guy, but less, more down low than wing. If Dre came back, you would assume it would be because he and Tay Davis are coming back, and that's it was only four two scholarships, and that would leave that, you with yeah. two. I, I think that they've. I think that that's they're pretty much done. Door's been closed. Okay. Um, Texter says. I never touched on the Trevor touched on this with Tyler Harrell, but I'm not devastated by the transfer. He had dropsies some, and also we run the ball more. Granted, Malik running for his life skewed the numbers, but good luck to him. Hope he gets PT in a new sports car. Well, he's definitely getting the last part of that. We still, yeah. we still need somebody to stretch that field, though. If you don't have a guy that can at least threaten to stretch the field, then again, that I brought up again, we're looking at that Pittsburgh game where they just put nine guys in the box every freaking play. Yeah. Poor J.B. on Hawkins had what I think he had like twelve carries for seventy-five yards and one carry for sixty-eight yards. I mean, it was... the times that the Louisville offense struggled last year, outside of the the Ole Miss and the UK games where they just couldn't do anything. Period. But the only times they struggled offensively would be when they had those opportunities for the, the big hits and they just misfired. And yeah. a lot of times it was, you know, you're right. I mean, Harold did have some drops. Also, Malik just missed him a few yep. times and you're missed right. Jordan Watkins a couple of times too. And when that happened, when teams stopped fearing Louisville's ability to hit on the big play and just focused on the run, it made us a lot easier to defend. You're right. You have to have at least that big play threat. 
that guy who, you know, you may think that it's a 85% certainty that Louisville's going to to run the ball on this play. But if you're still at least that 15% worried that Amari Huggins-Bruce is going to take the top off the defense and hit you for a 70-yard touchdown, it makes defending that run that much more difficult. Yeah. Like You have to keep opposing defenses you, honest. you got to keep that safety out of the box. You've and somebody's got to step it. up early. Yes. But I'm a little, I'm, I mean, I know this is saying a lot with a lot of time to go, but I'm play action over the top right up, first play of the game against Syracuse. I'm going deep with somebody. If history is any indication – Syracuse can be ready for that play, and it's not going to matter. We should. <laughs> Duke sure so wasn't last year for anything. <laughs> I mean, Syracuse. We we're going to talk more about it, obviously, as the summer drags on. That game. It. I'm not saying it's the most important game Scott Satterfield's ever coached, but you can make that case reasonably well because if he doesn't get it done this year, we've we've talked about this at length already. This feels like a year where he has to prove that he can be the guy who can take you back to where we expect Louisville football to be. Not necessarily saying he needs to do that this year, like make us a 10-2 and team, but you got to show us that you have that ability. And it's hard for me to envision a scenario where he shows us that without winning that game against Syracuse to start the season. If not, I think you run the risk of stuff unraveling quickly. It's different than the UCF. Like UCF should be a better team than Syracuse. And you're going down there, and you've got all that stuff. Like, like, like that'll be a tough game. Syracuse, we've owned these guys since we've been in the same conference. We've typically just absolutely waxed that ass every year when we play them. Like, you've got to go win that game. But that's a topic for the next five months that we can beat in the ground between now and whenever that game comes. Texture says Travis Graff is saying Nolan Smith is getting involved with Tyrese Hunter, and he likes U of L's chances. Is he now? Hunter's only a one-year grad transfer. Is he a grad transfer or a two-year guy? He's a, he was a freshman at Iowa State oh, last then, year. Yeah, then that's the guy we definitely need to be involved in. I think he – I like Kendrick Davis from SMU. I said this when, when Hunter announced that he was entering the portal. I think he's the best player available in the portal. I mean, he is really good. He's got areas that he has to improve on, but he's really good. If we are – I mean, I haven't seen that. I'm taking the Texas word for it, which is – oh, one minute, one minute ago. Here we go. Iowa State transfer Tyrese Hunter has cut his list of the following programs per his Twitter page. Texas, Kansas, Gonzaga, Tennessee, Purdue, Louisville. Boom, baby. Oh, oh, my hopes are up. My hopes are very high. I mean, we've talked about Iowa. He knows how much we love him. Iowa State. It's Iowa still. It is. It's in the state. It's the IE state. I've got to react to this news a little bit. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, I got I got goosebumps. You're doing a shimmy. I'm doing a little shimmy. I'm feeling good. The Mark Jackson go. Oh, please. All right, if we this is a this is an absolute game changer if we're able to get him. And this is also, I mean, I've I've been seeing some of this excited. I'm very Joe excited Hill about this. Watched, I uh, love his game. The concert by oh. uh, this one from Six to Midnight. Right? I don't know about you, but I just want Six to Midnight. <laughs> Inside of you, I long to be. Is it wrong to be? If he commits, and this is the player that, you know, we've, we've had this discussion for the last three or four weeks. I said, I think the player that you're going to have success with in the transfer portal this year with for Kenny Payne, guys who have two, three, four years of eligibility yeah. remaining, guys who are freshmen or sophomores, who you can say, eh, we might not be av- like eligible to play in the NCAA tournament next year, but it's a bigger stage for you, more eyeballs on you. We're still playing the games against Duke and UNC, and there's also a pretty good chance that we're not going to have a postseason ban. So come here. Play a couple of years. This year. After this year, we're good. We're good. That's what you tell them. And 
by and large, we've seen guys who have been who've had one year of eligibility remaining say thanks but no thanks. Most recently, Sean McNeil saying thanks but no thanks because for those guys, first of all, the NBA is probably like a distant hope in their radar. They've probably had that dream come and go over the last three or four years that they've been in college. So they're just trying to have the best possible end to their college experience. And for those guys, that equation is probably going to include a certainty of being able to play in the NCAA tournament. And we can't give that to them. But a guy like Tyrese Hunter, who maybe is good enough to go pro after next year, but not certainly, you can say, come here. People are going to be talking about you way more than they were talking about you at Iowa State. You can, if, you're, if you have a fantastic year, boom, yeah, you can go to the NBA. If not, we might, we're probably going to be able to play in the tournament, but even if we can't, you'll be back. You'll be one of the biggest stars in college basketball in two years, and we'll be eligible for the NCAA tournament then. Doesn't Texas have like a loaded backcourt already? They got Marcus Carr coming back. I knew that. I mean, that's a Courtney backcourt. Ramey's leaving. Okay. And Andrew Jones doesn't have eligibility. So they need some help, but we need it more. Hunters from Racine, Wisconsin. Isn't that where uh, Reese Gaines was from? He's from Wisconsin. I don't know if it's Racine. Isn't Racine where the, the, the yeah, League yeah, of Their Own? League of Their Own. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Racine Bells, yeah. All right, I got to adjust this news. Let's take a break. When we come back, more Tyrese. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited now. Uh, we'll just go to break. When we come back, more of your text, more Tyrese Hunter talk. We'll talk about DJ Wagner as well. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Nobody out. The 2-0 pitch <laughs> in the air, left field and gone. A bat flip from Tommy Tanks as he hits a tank that just landed, and it's 3-1 Wolfpack. Welcome back into Tyrese Hunter Radio. I'm all excited. Is it now? I want to say I did bring his name up in the portal just before he even announced that. It was weird because you brought it up, and then a texter had brought it up, like yeah. saying that uh, Travis Graff was reporting that Louisville had reached out, and so I just I hadn't heard that. I Twitter searched his name, and it was a minute after he had posted the graphic of his final six schools. Sidney Curry now has retweeted his tweet to Tyrese Hunter's and said, uh, "I emoji, I emoji, I emoji the Uh-oh. Ville." And then LL responds to that and says he need to not play games with this ticket. Hundred emoji. Does that mean is that, is that a good thing? I don't. Know. I think it's a good thing. I, I'm not. I don't read them. I don't speak emoji. So. I do like that Sidney Curry and LL both are actively recruiting like every player that that puts Louisville on their list. Like they were all over Huntley Hatfield in the portal um, on Twitter this weekend. Like it's a good thing. Like we need everybody. We need a concerted effort here. Let's let's get this kid on board. Let's sure. bring him home. Jack Harlow, get on the plane. Send him to Racine. Get get him out there. Seal this deal. Yes. Do you like Jack Harlow, Tyrese Hunter? We can put you in a song. No problem. It'll happen. That's how we lost the the, the, the kid that went to Ohio State. It wasn't because of eligibility. It's because he he heard that Hanley Huntley got Jack Harlow and Thunder, and he was getting like Mark Weinberg in, in the boat race. 
He was like, I'm going to Ohio State. <laughs> now, sorry, speaking seriously. That was an unfair shot, probably. Don't, don't talk about Weinberg like that. Come on. Speaking seriously about Tyrese Hunter, the the word on him, this is very much a Tyler Harold to Alabama situation. It was one of those deals where there was a lot of, I think it was like three weeks ago on a Thursday or Friday, there was a lot of palpable buzz, John Rostein, that he was getting an NIL deal to transfer to North Carolina. And he wasn't even in the portal at this point. Just being Hunter. Just being Tyrese Hunter. Yeah. And Iowa State fans, of course, did the thing where it's like, not true, not true. He says there's no truth to it. He's staying here. He loves it or names. He just wants to play for uh, the you know, TJ from South Dakota State. And UNLV. Boom. By way of South Dakota State, right? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two days later. That's a burger. Boom. Tyrese Hunter's in the transfer portal. And Boom. so you know, common thought was he's going to North Carolina, but this was before like, everybody at the time thought Caleb Love was, was not coming back to school. And Caleb Love had sort of hinted at that time that he was going to come back to UNC, which we found out over the weekend is a real thing. And so I think that changed the game for him. But Kansas has been the new rumored front runner for his services. But with us here, I don't know. What NIL deal are we putting together? I think that's what it comes down to is probably who's going to give him the biggest bag who can because Kansas is in the same boat as we are as far as next year in the NCAA tournament. Like they can't guarantee to Tyrese Hunter that they're going to be eligible. They probably I'm going to say probably they may have an even stronger chance of being banned from the tournament than we do next year. So if it's if it's down to the two of us, he's got the deeper pockets who can get you Jack Harlow. You like my morning jacket, Tyrese Hunter. We'll get Jim James on the phone. I think Jim James is actually a UK fan, but we can get, I don't know, Craig Funder, VHS Rebeta. I know. I'll, I'll, tec- I'll have him text you tonight. I have a feeling Jim James doesn't follow sports. He, I don't think he can claim that he might say he's a UK fan. They used to structure their. I'm willing to doubt he doesn't follow it heavily. He, I, I know he's like, he, he's one of classic UK fan. Like, starts paying attention to Marge. Oh, the Ashley Judd attempt. Exactly. She's going to show up only when they're good and nowhere to be seen when they're bad. But yeah. other members of their band, I think they're, the band was split from what I heard last, like between U of L and UK fans. Right. But I do know that one of them was adamant enough that they would like schedule some tour stuff around UK basketball at one point. Was the whole band from from Louisville? I didn't know. I just knew he went to St. X. I know multiple because the the drummer's mom used to work with my mom at, oh, really? at her okay. school. So I guess the whole band. Okay, I never really. I just know him, his name, and I knew he went to St. X, and that was about all I knew. About Anyways, Tyrese Hunter, we can get you. We, yeah. we know celebrities. We yeah, we'll get her. Um, Diane Sawyer. Yeah. Are you a big fan? Boom. Done. You know what? Tyrese is Louisville. Right there on 65. We'll get you the banner. Griff coming down. Move. We'll have to move Griff. Sorry. I think Griff would be okay with that for, for good roots, right? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. We're, we're not taking Griff down. I mean, Trevor spoke out of turn there. Justin Thomas, you a golfer? We got that. We, got we do. Covered. Only for basketball. Yeah. He's classic. He, he does the UK thing where he's like a Louisville basketball fan but an Alabama football fan. You want... You want uh, Ben Rhodes, NASCAR. I'll be honest, there's a special place in hell for those type of people. <laughs> Whenever I see like the uh, Alabama, like UK fan, and like a, somebody has profile, I'm like, oh man, big Nate Oates and Mark Stoops guy. <laughs> I got a buddy who's a Ohio State basketball football fan, but he roots for Duke basketball. That's 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 worse than anything. I've ever and heard. I just, oh yeah, you have no idea the crap I've been giving them for 20 years. Nolan, rightfully so. Make this happen. I mean, Tyrese Hunter. That solves every question that we were just talking about. Yeah. He's a true point guard. He can yeah. score a little bit, but he's more of a natural point guard. 
Uh, averaged I mean, almost five assists last year. I, I think he just was scratching the surface of his potential. And that was an Iowa State team that had no business being as good as they were. They I mean, they won two games the year before. Like They were that good in large part because he was better than anybody thought he was going to be coming into college. Now, they did let me down a little bit because they were my Cinderella runs Elite Eight. Yours was Miami, and then they ran head-to-head in the Sweet 16. And you beat me. I mean, don't hold that against him. <laughs> if we could get Isaiah Wong, I'd love it. But Tyrese Hunter, that, nothing he could have done. Did all he could. He did. If we get him, I forget his name. That was really good on the team. This all, I mean, it's not just a big deal for next season. If he's good enough, if he comes here and kills it for a year, then and and is good enough to go to the NBA, then by all means, sure, that that's fantastic. But imagine a team two years from now, where you've got Tyrese Hunter, who's established as one of the better guards in college basketball. Hopefully, at least a couple of the guys that we're bringing back take gigantic steps forward and emerges all conference caliber players. And then you add in potentially DJ Wagner and a top five, top three, maybe number one recruiting class from 2023. That's the combination that we've seen have the highest level of success in college basketball recently. Established college players, especially at the guard position, who've been very good for multiple seasons, elite future multimillionaire NBA players who are freshmen, but kind of, you know, they'll have their moments and then they'll have their, their freshman moments as well. And then experience college talent around that core. Like that's, that's the recipe, man. And I'm trying not to get my hopes up too much for this kid, but it is absolutely something that would change this season and hopefully the next couple of seasons for Louisville basketball. Let's Do get, it. Get it done, Kenny. Get it done, Jack. Harlow. Get out there. Harlow. Kenny. Uh, Texas, I think Reese is a Milwaukee boy. We did look that up. I think it's Madison, right? Madison, yeah. yeah. Madison, yeah. All I remember, I'll never forget that he was from Wisconsin just because the Dick Vitale call in the Marquette game. <laughs> He's from Wisconsin. <laughs> well, him, him or Jerry Smith. You'll never, but Jerry was from, like, Wanatoga or something like right. that. Right. Yeah, I can't yeah. And then knocked that lady down. <laughs> I don't remember that part. You don't remember that after he hit the game winner? No, accidentally no, bumped no, into no. that lady in the I, crowd? I didn't see it. What? I'm joking. <laughs> Jerry Smith can do no wrong. Of course, Chris can. I mean, it was unintentional. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was malicious. Should have got out of his way. Texas says, my dad listened to the show for the first time yesterday on the way back from Arcadia, Michigan, and he was intrigued by Trevor. Also, unst to my knowledge, until recently, Northern Michigan, Northern Michigan is a mecca of golf. I went there a couple of years ago. I hope you played Arcadia Bluffs, Texter, because that course, mm, fantastic. We weren't on the air yesterday. What? We weren't on the air. Listen to podcasts. There were multiple people who texted in, who tweeted me over the weekend. That were like, I'm on a road trip. It may have been this this texter. I'm on a road trip listening to podcasts. Like Trevor's dictionary thing, like has to happen. In the name. Yeah. I'm the new license plate game on road trips. Every yeah. yeah. <laughs> Listen had, for every misstatement by Trevor. I had heard uh, TJ was uh, loves Northern Michigan as a vacation spot. I know he. And people love it. Yeah, he's talked about it as a golf and North. I, I never really considered it that but i mean when i think michigan i think go to detroit and that's about it but we did like friends from college they do a golf trip every year i usually can't go i'm not gonna be able to go this year which sucks but they do like a big like golf event in a different location every single year and when it's before college sports start i'm able to go this year i, I went remember when we, i missed like we just started the radio show because i was committed to doing it before yeah, i yeah. signed a deal here but two years ago it was in michigan and it was phenomenal the courses we played were great and we went up a day early to play that arcadia bluffs course which was yeah, he incredible went to like a lake i guess up i mean obviously there's multiple lakes in michigan lots not this one i think was a non-great but uh i guess he did like a lake cabin and it, I mean, he did this a couple years ago and bragged about it like so my best friend uh his wife's family's all from from michigan and okay. they're so her family her uncle has like absurd oil money 
and owns like Michigan? a yeah. But he has a lake house in Michigan. Torch oh, lake. okay, okay. So I thought you saying there was like oil in Michigan. I'm like, really? No. <laughs> so that. his lake house, it was like two houses down from the filmmaker Michael Moore, and like on the same like area that Kid Rock's was. Oh wow! And so I went to this place. This was like 10, 11 years ago, uh, and most unreal place I've ever been. Like he has a wine cellar that he like gives somebody a million dollars every year and so he's like fill it up with with cool stuff and so i'm there and like the, the the actual owner of the house wasn't there that we her uncle but her parents were and so her dad's like hey like mike go down there and pick out a bottle of wine i'm like no the, <laughs> the risk as small as it may be that i might knock over like 7.2 million dollars worth of wine is still there I'm not picking out anything. I'm not touching anything in that room. Somebody else is going down there and doing it. You make sure you just take off the big jacket, Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just my fears. Like, I'd pull out, like, this one looks great. It's like, crash. Like, everything just falls. It just comes down. Like, well, that's not happening. Uh, Texture says, Cage the Elephant is why Dante, Elephant, Dante Allen went to WKU, obviously. He's a huge fan. Cage the what? Cage the Elephant. They're a good band. I've never heard of them. Trouble's that. a great song. Okay. Uh, Cigarette Daydreams. From- Fantastic song. They're from Bowling Green. Okay. Not Nappy Roots? Nappy Roots, they're half Bowling Green, half Louisville. That's true. They're so, not, that's not the, who you pull out, though, if you're a Bowling Green recruit? No, it's Cage the Elephant now. Okay. That's all they got. I figured it would be just a check. Texture no <laughs> says, per uh, Tipton, Hunter visited Purdue this past weekend, Tennessee is this coming weekend, Gonzaga in two weeks, so that leaves Texas, KU, and us to land a visit. we got to get the visit. We got to get a visit. We got to get it soon because I mean we don't want. I mean we've already seen. We didn't even get. Your, your, like I said, now it could be the McNeil. fact. McNeil. I know. I'm not gonna remember his name because he didn't come here. Yeah. Um, I mean, a little bit to do with that maybe be the one year thing, which I think is a little more to do with it. But we still didn't get a chance to have him even on campus. So you want to get in a, You got to get those early visits. Ship Harlow at the racing. That's what, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So you got a concert out there? Where's he, where's his next show at? I don't know. Make it racing. Racing. Yeah. We're adding we're adding dates, Jack. I mean, like, I mean, come on, we we can have um, uh, who played Kit in uh, League of Their Own. Have her come out, uh, 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 Lori Petty. That's who it was. How do you know that? <laughs> Lori Petty. Kit sucks, by the way. Kit, Kit what's, what's wrong with Kit? I mean, she's a little self centered and. Could you be more whiny? I mean, I mean, my God. All right, Chandler. Get over it. Sorry, sorry your sister's better at you than at baseball. Could you be more whiny? I mean, my God. Just the whining. Oh, God. It was constant whining. She's yes. obnoxious. <laughs> but have her coming. Like, you know, she, they won a title with her. Recently. I can't watch the end of the movie. I hate that she wins. You just bug you that much? Hang on to the ball, Dottie. I do, I do think Dottie does get a bad, doesn't get the right reputation of being selfish because she just threw her whole team under the bus on that one. Like if I, if you I think were, she did it on purpose? I think so, yeah. If I'm Rosie O'Donnell, I, I would have taken a swing at her. I would have too. Like you saw him in the locker room afterwards. She's like, listen, Dottie, it wasn't your fault. Yes, it was. Marla Hooch. What a hitter. <laughs> I mean, Tom Hanks, maybe, maybe, uh, what was it, Ashley? Allison. Maybe he could have kept Allison at catcher. They keep Allison at catcher. They win that game possibly. Texas says, still got time to get him in for the balloon glow. <laughs> get on it. I mean, I reserve Friday that. night. Put him on the Bell Louisville for a winning race. Let us win that year. That's next Thursday. Okay. Now we will have. I assume Jack Harlow will be will be back in town for Derby Weekend. His new album is coming out on Oaks Day. So yeah. I thought he already had a new album come out. He said singles come out. He, uh, the, the album release yeah. is May sixth, which I think is is Friday. I think okay. it's Oaks Day. Is this what number of album is this for him? Second, like from a major label from Atlantic. Okay. I think he's had you know he's had like seven. It's hard to keep. I don't record. count mixtapes. I don't think it was he like Gazebo was like an official release, but it wasn't. Like this is his second major second album. album release, 
So I'm assuming there'll be like release parties oh, sure. and stuff. Oh, he's gonna be Tyrese too. Hunter. Let's get him in there. Maybe is is it too late to name a track after? How do we not have more? I, I know, and I know I brought this up to you off the air a little bit, and you explained why we don't have recruits going to Derby itself. But how we still don't have them in town just to enjoy the the stuff is beyond me. The parties are fun. I mean, where else can you see Dennis Quaid playing the worst music you've ever heard in your entire life on stage? I mean, how how many? Where else are you gonna see Wes Walker peeing on the side of a car with Tom with Tom Brady trying to to to, to block the view of others? Fair point. Warren Moon's gonna be here. You know that he's always here. He's a lifer. Tyrese Hunter, know who Warren Moon? The fat guy from NSYNC, always gonna be here. <laughs> If you want, if you want to know where he's, he hangs out in that little house where the trumpeter comes out at Churchill Downs all year long and just emerges. What's that guy's name? I don't know that guy from Instinct. I don't know. He's always a derby. Is that the one from uh, my Greek, my big fat Greek wedding? He looks like him. They had the two members of Instinct were in that movie. It was Joey. Joey I'm, Fatone. Yeah, that's him. That's the guy. From I literally yeah. Google searched fat guy from Instinct, and that's the first <laughs> result that comes up. Joey Fatone's always a derby. Yeah, he was in my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah, he always just. He, I think he just hangs out in the infield all year long that's and just cute. emerges. First weekend of May. Fedeline will be here. Doesn't he still live here with his daughter? That's no. You, no, that's, which one's Anna Nicole's? Daughter? Yeah, you're thinking of not. That's not Kevin Federline. Kevin Federline was Britney Spears' oh, first husband. Daughter, husband. Okay. Who's the one that had Anna Nicole's baby? That her baby daddy. Oh, what what is that guy's name? Mary got her hair done right after he got my, his hair done buddy, by the guy. My buddy's kid, who's now at, at Pittsburgh, went to like her birthday party like three years in a row. Like they had to have like security, like like pat down my buddy. Like bringing his son into to the, to the birthday party. Larry Burkhead. Yeah. Like so, he's friends with my buddy's sister. Yeah, that's how they got to go. Before we went to Derby like four or five years ago. And the Friday, the, the Friday or the Thursday before the weekend, like Mary went in to get her, her hair done, like get all ready for the weekend. And like, there's like a big fuss, like right when she gets in there and like she sits down in the chair, like Larry Burkhead was in this chair right before you. <laughs> and she's like, is that, she's like, is that a good thing for me? Or is it like, cool? But also like we have very different hair. Sorry if I got Burke and uh, Federline, my boy toys mixed up. <laughs> God, uh, he was in. Yeah, it was in Nicole's baby daddy. Yeah, Texture says Larry Burkhead, good dude, friend of mine. Okay, I'm sure he's from Louisville. Like, Everybody seems to know him because like, like, you said that about your friend. Like, I feel like I've had four or five people that I've known who've been like, "Oh yeah, my daughter went to his daughter's birthday yeah, party." Well, she's got to be like I said. She's same age as Taylor, and he's a sophomore at Pittsburgh now. So. Yeah. She's, she's in her. She's got to be close to twenty. Time flies, man. It does. Tears says Kit was a punk ass. I still can't watch the end either. It makes me cringe. <laughs> she she was, and I can't watch it either. It drives me crazy. She does not deserve to win. She does whine. Yeah. They make her like this, this sort of like sympathetic character picture, who though. deserves to win at the end of the day. No, she, sorry, you're just complaining all the time because it's it's like if you like sorry, Leangelo Ball. Like your brothers are better than you. <laughs> whine more. Get out of here. Texas has literally the, the fat Cooper one. Manning of- <laughs> Pretty much. Texas said Cardation's doing its part right now. We flooded the responses section to Hunter announcing his top six on Twitter. Look, everybody's got to do what you right. can do. Step up, Harlow. Come on, Jack. Do I, it. Do it. Thank you for Huntley Hatfield. Do that was it. awesome. We need Tyrus Hunter now. I hate to ask you for more this quickly. We got to make it happen. Put his name in a song. Just name one. You name one after Tyler Hero. Kind of rub some people the wrong way around here. Hmm. Make up for that. Tyrese Hunter. Boom. Then he commits to Kansas, and it's like, well. 
Then we do a radio edit. <laughs> you can always change it. Yeah. You can always change song titles. That's fine. It happens on Spotify all the time. All right, we got to go to break. We got an hour left. We haven't had a chance. The Tyrese Hunter thing has thrown me for a loop. So we haven't really had a chance to talk about the DJ Wagner weekend, the comments that Dewan Wagner made. We'll get into that. Hopefully, I mean, maybe, you know, Tyrese Hunter commits in the, in the third hour. Who the hell knows? Let's get excited. Let's have fun. It's coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Say that's all right. Welcome in. Hour number three, Mike Rutherford Show, Monday edition. Very excited about Tyrese Hunter news. I also am very excited to, well, I'm just going to ask. Trevor Kelsey, Matt Cross has just announced on Instagram Uh, where he's transferring. I should have asked him when he was across the street. Would you care to guess what program he's picked? It was I right in the region? I'm not oh. saying anything. Okay, I'm not. I don't have Twitter up in front of me. Um, I have the lyrics to "Hungry Heart" by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> we took what we had and we ripped it apart. Now here I am down in Kingston again. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say Boston College, but I'm going to say Providence has been busy. Providence you know, has been busy, especially with guys from here. They've already got Noah Locke. Yeah, and they got uh, Bryce Hopkins, Hopkins yeah, from Kentucky. From Kentucky, former U of L commit. I saw that in my Cardinal news and notes today. Damn right. <laughs> I'm going to say Boston College, though. Take two. I think I'm in the right region still, you, right? You've, you've, this, I feel like this is the program that you've said you think he's going to transfer every time his name has been brought up. Oh, well, I said them. Who was the other school I kept bringing up? It wasn't Providence. No. They, they, um, who else listed up? I already forgot. Who else have I claimed up there? Matt Cross is headed. To UMass. Oh, I did. you I always said you've it. always said UMass. I, said, I told you he's going up north. You were right. You I nailed it. Going home. Matt Cross headed to UMass. He'll be a minute man. That's how long he stays in each school. Yeah, <laughs> I believe this is now technically seven different schools in seven different years for Matt Cross. Can he make it eight for eight? We'll find out in about twelve months. I mean, if he does it, this is the last. I mean, this is it. If you, if you can't be productive there's no disrespect to UMass or the Atlantic Atlantic 10 they play no respect to you but the statement that I'm about to make is all disrespect to you yeah well that's why you say no disrespect first you know it calls for bad both that ways that gives you freedom to say what you want exactly not have, to worry, not have any repercussions I said no disrespect <laughs> yeah exactly duh did you not hear me um yeah if you, you can't put up double digit scoring numbers at this point and getting minutes at UMass then yeah, you might want to just look into getting an insurance license or something. Like, just sell real estate, dude. Just let it go. And you know the new coaches at UMass. Work on that degree. You know the new coaches at UMass, though? Bruiser Flint? Frank Martin's the coach at UMass. There's this. Oh, my God. This thing will last a minute. 
How did he recruit Matt Cross? The recipe for an There's absolute no disaster way. behind closed doors. We may have a player murdered by a coach. I will bet you right $5 right now says Matt Cross does not finish the first two weeks of the season at, U- at UMass. <laughs> I mean, I'm a... <laughs> I mean, I'll take that bet. I think he lasts a little bit longer there. I'm, I'm just saying that. behind closed doors. No, the I, Frank Martin ass rippings of Matt Cross are going to be legendary because Chris Mack thought he could. You know, Jim Laranega famously is a player's coach. Like that was never going to fly. Yes. And Matt Cross, it was a, I think very early on in the process, they realized this was not a great relationship for either party. And so, boom, he's gone before we even get to mid-January. Chris Mack, I think, views himself as more of a hard ass than a player's coach like he views himself as more of the frank martin than the jim laranega but i think he's probably more of a mix and he thought he could make matt cross the type of player that he was back in college this more talented but gritty and and tough and all those intangibles things and it didn't happen They, they fought all the time didn't work out and boom he's gone frank martin if cross looks at him the wrong way (laughs) He's going to end up in a river somewhere. Like this is, this is Matt Cross. God bless you. If you think that you, I hey, just, I need some discipline. I need a, a hard ass coach. This, this is going to be the best thing for me. Props to you. But if he's expecting to get away with what he's been getting away with, it's going to go horribly. I just want to say this right now for everyone's safety. Can we get the, the gun away from the Minuteman mascot? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care. I don't care, Trevor. It's got blanks. That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He will he will rifle whip Matt Cross in the middle of a huddle probably. I said two weeks. I, I just thought I was being generous with that bet. I might be want to say I don't know if he's on this roster when the season starts. Oh man, there's yeah. no there's no way. Best of luck to him. There's no way this is the last. By the way, I told you this off the air. I, I got a text from my buddy that got mad. I guess I was talking bleep about him being a fan of two teams. He's like sitting here sending me text messages defending himself now. Oh, the the fan, the guy who's a Ohio State football yeah. slash Duke basketball oh, yeah, fan. Yeah, he's like sending me like text messages now. Like, hey, it's not my fault. I root for Duke because my sister always had him on TV, and she was in love with Christian Leitner. Oh, Who come on, right? Come on. Even though you were living in Ohio, and oh, you were living in Ohio, in Ohio State's backyard at the time. I was like, hey, these guys are good. My teams are mostly not good. I'm going to root for them. Their coach has a weird last name. My buddy has a long last name. I didn't know the rules, okay? <laughs> we should have learned about that. I like that he makes the argument and then he just gives up at the end. He's like, he's like, okay, I was a kid. What do you want me to do? I know. I tries to justify it and then is like, whatever. I was dumb. I was a kid. Now I'm here. <laughs> just, it's a bad combination. Just, just stop rooting for him. Be, be in Ohio State. What's wrong with Ohio State basketball is not even that bad. It's a bad combination. Yeah. I don't know your friend, but. I'm sure he's a great person. <laughs> it's a bad combination to have. It doesn't look good. No. does not portend great things. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to start getting texts from him now again defending this. Crap. That's fine. That's fine. I, also, I, I meant to say this earlier. We have to give a hearty, hearty Big X congratulations. A member of our family, Nick Roush, announced oh, yes. he is having, he and his lovely wife are having baby number two. Yep. Now, he named famously the Big X is... We're known for people naming kids after their arch rivals or one of their rivals. Yeah. I, I named my daughter Virginia, one of Louisville's big nemesis, and Nick Roush named his son Duke. If I have a kid, I'll probably name it UK, I guess, or Cronin or something. <laughs> Cronin Kelsey actually sounds like a kind of cool name. It works. If they win the national, if UCLA wins the national title this year, 
you have to name your first kid Cronin Kelsey, boy or girl. That's the deal. I mean, I think they could go for both genders, right? You could. Yeah, That's I the mean, deal. I we we debated Baylor Rutherford, not really, but we, we <laughs> thought it'd be a funny joke if we, and it actually kind of worked. I thought it sounded good. Where does the Roush family go with two? Like who's? Uh, that's I think this is obvious. And I told Peter. Him, no, I told this when I texted him. Boy or girl? Welcome to the world, Cameron Cameron Roush. Yeah, he's got to go with the Duke theme, right? I mean, I Peter Roush, St. Peter's. I said, if, I said if he wins his favorite, uh, if what's his name wins the Derby this year, Brad Cox Roush. Yeah, you know, he, you know, Roush loves Cox. He does. He talks about it a lot in the, yeah. the the double entendre. He leans right into it, which God bless him. But you know, Brad Cox is a he's a Louisville boy, South End, he same is, same yeah. place oh, as Nick Roush. Oh, Roush is a big South. Cox guy. rules. I mean, he's yeah. he's great. He's awesome. I can see why Nick Roush loves Cox. Oh, no, no one loves him more on the backside than, than Nick Roush. Oh boy. We're done. That's it. Congratulations to Nick uh, and his <laughs> wife and to Duke for getting a little brother or sister. FCC's here? <laughs> I did like the yeah, the, the big boss is coming in. I, like, I love that. Like, hey. We got a call that was kind of like, hey, first of all, don't shush him this time. Second of all, maybe tone down what he can overhear. And here we are, just the most amateurish start to the 5 o'clock hour. I didn't shush him. You didn't. Not right? yet. Off to a good start. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton Sex line. We'll talk about uh, if you if you just joined the show. We mentioned Brandon Huntley Hatfield. We talked about him in the first hour. Mm-hmm. The commitment, what it means, all that good stuff. We talked about some of the guys who now we know aren't coming here. Sean McNeil committing to Ohio State. Tyrell Ward, the four star prospect from the twenty twenty two class that Louisville had been recruiting down to three schools, not including Louisville. Um, we mentioned some of the other guys that Louisville has gotten in on. And then during the show, news breaks that Tyrese Hunter, arguably, I would say he is. Other people, I'm sure, have differing opinions. I think he's the best player available in the portal from Iowa State. Uh, has trimmed his list to six, and Louisville's on it. Uh, he's got three scheduled visits. He just took one visit. Got to get him on campus. Like I, oh, yeah. This is a point guard. It's the position that you need the most right now, I think. And he is a superstar in waiting, Big 12 freshman of the year. I get this kid. Everything changes about Louisville basketball for next season and then maybe for the season after that. So I mean, we've been excited about that. He's the number one point guard in the transfer portal. He's, I mean, he should be the number one player in the yeah, transfer portal now. And, and, and there's a, the gap between him and the next available guy. I mean, you're talking six, a quarter at least 247. There's like seven names between him and the next guy, which would be Adam Miller from, from LSU. Who's the fine player? Don't get me wrong. I, I Tyrese Hunter, I think, is far more versatile. I think we also haven't seen the best of Tyrese Hunter. We've just seen him play one season, and he was phenomenal. Uh, I think he could be even better with a better supporting cast around him and a better system. We'll see what happens. Um, but I, if he comes here, man, it, it would be a huge, huge deal. Although some people have been saying for a week now with North Carolina not having any available scholarships that Kansas has probably been the leader for Tyrese Hunter, but we'll see. They uh, lost both their backcourt from last year. Didn't they? Remy they're Mark probably going to lose yeah. Yeah, everybody. I mean, Remy was coming off the bench for them, but uh, That's right. you're probably going to lose. Igbaji is going to go pro. Um, you're probably, I mean, they need help unless Bobby Pettiford, former Louisville commit, is going to step up and be their, their starting guard next year, which I don't think is the case. I forgot about that dude. Hey, he's national champion. Didn't play, but national champion. I remember his name. He, I mean, Bill Self, uh, we're kind of making jokes, but Bill Self spoke glowingly about him before. He said he's going to be the next great one. So 
if he believes that, let us have Tyrese Hunter and, and go ahead and, <laughs> yeah. and hand the reins over to Bobby Pettiford. I'm fine with that. Send us Pettiford, maybe. I don't know. Send us somebody. <laughs> we haven't talked about uh, DJ Wagner the latest. Again, we need the DJ Wagner update music, some sort of graphic. Boom, 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 DJ Wagner talk. <laughs> but he was uh, he was playing over the weekend at the Nike EYBL League, and Louisville was in to see him on Friday. I know some people made – a big deal over Saturday, like Calipari and the whole Kentucky staff are watching DJ Wagner and Louisville's nowhere to be seen. Well, Louisville was back in Louisville because they have a former five-star recruit on campus taking his official visit. So Kenny Payne, you're not going to land Brandon Huntley Hatfield. If you're saying like, hope you commit here, but I'm going to watch DJ Wagner play while you're in Louisville on your official visit. So Louisville was tending to that. They were back watching him uh, on Sunday. And this was the first time that we've had Dewan Wagner and DJ to a lesser extent talking to the media, making comments about this 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 recruitment budding war between Louisville and Kentucky. Uh, we also had a few textures have texted this in. I have seen, and I posted a link to it on on the today's news and notes. The DJ Wagner, if you want to call it a fight, but he took a swing at a kid after one of his games. Apparently, the video came out. Whatever, seventeen year old kid throwing didn't, a punch. I hadn't seen it, but hopefully it wasn't too bad. It's fine. Um, I think it's fine at least. I haven't seen anything else about it, but he had an interesting weekend. It's fine if he comes low because UK. He should be taken to jail. What an ass! Yeah, <laughs> assault. <laughs> let me let me let me decide where he goes to college before I give you my opinion on his throwing a punch. But the one, the one thing that I thought was most interesting about the comments because both the one and DJ, you know the. This isn't their first rodeo when it comes to big time recruitment or big time basketball, and, and everybody wanting to hear what you have to say. Like they're going, nobody's going to misstep, nobody's going to say the wrong thing. So their their comments were pretty diplomatic. I mean, DJ Wagner said, "You know, Louisville, Kentucky, two big schools. That's two historical colleges recruiting me. That's definitely an honor." Both he and his father also made it a point to say, "Other schools are recruiting me too. It's not just Louisville versus Kentucky." Which you know, I, I think if he was going to go anywhere else, it probably was going to be Villanova, and that's. Far less likely with Jay Wright calling saying, it a were career. They, were they third? Who would be? I guess who is kind of third right now? Is it not nobody? Villanova? I mean, let's be real. I mean, it, Memphis, nobody's third. Memphis isn't stepping up with the the daddy alum. Or? Doesn't seem like it. Okay, but it was probably. I mean, just by the area. And if, if you wanted a alternative to say, I don't want to, I don't want to let anybody down, so I'm going to a third party. Villanova, I'm sure, would be a would be a, a fantastic option. But the most notable comment I thought was when Dewan was talking about his father, about Milt, mm-hmm. and. Kind of said, you know, because there was some question about him you know, potentially joining the staff. And basically, Dewan came out and said, this should have happened a long time ago. Like, my dad should have been an assistant at UofL a long time ago. And I don't know if this, I, I took it to mean Louisville should have done what Memphis did when John Calipari was there and put Milt on staff. And maybe then, hey, I would have gone and played for Louisville. Like, that was the obvious scenario. But if you're going to put my dad on staff at Memphis, it was a no brainer for me. Why did you guys not do that? Maybe he just meant at some point down the line, this should have happened. But also, we don't know officially that Milt's going to be on the staff. Like, is this him saying, like, this needs to happen now? Or I just, I heard the comments and I was kind of like, hmm, I don't know exactly how to take this because it's apparent that there's a tight relationship between Dewan and Milt and Kenny Payne. And that the whole family is looking at Louisville favorably. You don't get all these crystal ball projections for DJ picking Louisville if that's not the case. But I don't know. It just it was a interesting comment to me. 
I didn't really exactly follow what he was trying to say. Do you take it as a problem? He's like, he's saying his kids for sale in terms of where who hires his dad. No, not necessarily. I mean, not that any recruiters are for sale in a way, but I mean. I think it's probably him just reiterating some of the complaints that he's heard from his father and the guys that he played with at Louisville in the 80s over the years, just saying, like, we haven't had a voice here. We should have been more involved than, than we should have been. And I'm sure that Dewan looks at it and says, even if you didn't hire him, when I was coming to college, when you were recruiting me. That was in 02, was it? I think it was later than that. 03, was it later than that? I want to say it was like 06, 07. I'm saying 07, okay. I could be wrong. But regardless, now now, now you always just pique my interest. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, you're right. He was, it was 01, 02. Yeah, I thought he was early 2000s, yeah. Yeah, he, because he was in the 2002 draft. Do you know where he, quiz, round, pick, team oh. drafted. Well, the Cavs took him in the lottery, I would say, I want to say eighth? Six. You're six. always so close. I, I wanted, I was, I mean, always so close. I knew six. And I just wouldn't. So he was there. He played at Memphis from 01 02. You're right. He was the NIT MVP, by the way, in the 2002 season. Well, I mean, Cal only went to the NIT his first 10 years at Memphis. I know. So I don't know if he's trying to say that, like, this should have been done a long time ago or even after. I graduated from, or I left Memphis and, and my dad kept coaching there and then coached at UTEP and coached other places. Like he should have been brought on UofL staff at some point, but he made it a point to say like this, this should have happened a long time ago. And it also leads me to believe that Milt as has been widely rumored for a long time is going to wind up being on Louisville staff in some way, shape or form when all said and done, it would be, if he was the third assistant, I feel like that would have been done a while ago, unless they're just trying to figure out exactly how this works with the whole you can't recruit um, guys that that uh, you, you know you can't recruit a player unless you're and have somebody on staff who's not a full time assistant. You can't put them in the, as the, the dobo and all that all that thing. I don't know if that's the case, but it just seems like if this was a cut and dry, Milt's going to be the third assistant. It would have been done by now. Maybe they are trying to make, set it up to be a special assistant, but those comments from Dewan. Lead me to believe that that Milt will be on the staff in in some form. If we want his kids, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or does if if Bruiser Flint gets the Fordham job, does Cal like say like, hey, let's get the band back together, Milt? You're on the staff. Let's get DJ here. Let's let's do this. Who knows? <laughs> Son, you're gonna take one on the, for the team. Finally, it's gonna be it's gonna be earned, not given. Man, uh, <laughs> but if you're wondering, DJ Wagner, he currently leads the EYBL in scoring, twenty one point three points per game. Good. I put a highlight video up there. I mean, he's he's the Did real he deal. Benefit for throwing the punch or anything? He didn't play in their game immediately following that one. Okay. People didn't know why at the time. I, I guess it's safe to us. I mean, this was like this wasn't like at the in the arena or in the gym or anything like that. This is like outside. There's video uh, of it. Well, at least he took it outside. It's one of the, well, it's one of those deals that like, you can't tell what's going on. Hey, cash me outside. Cash me outside. How about that? Yeah, We're not. Let's comes, not go down the bad comes, baby road again. Full circle. <laughs> but it's like a video. Like somebody's trying to hold him back. Like that's all you see, and then you just see him like break free and take off and just take a couple of big swings at somebody who you you can't really tell what's going on, uh, and then like everybody just just runs over there. And then if you read the comments, you've got no idea what's taking place. Like everybody's just speculating, and uh, nobody knows exactly what went down. But it's you know again, sixteen year old kid, seventeen year old kid doing what he's going to do on the AAU circuit. It's just, uh, it, it is what it is. Let's go to the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. Uh, Texas says Churchill Downs needs to come through and name race 11 the Tyrese Hunt, Huntley Hunter uh, classic. Churchill could help us out here. We've got, we've got Jack Harlow. He's going to help us out. Churchill get involved. 
Maybe we get Tyrese Hunter on campus for Derby weekend. God, that'd be great. Bring him in for Oaks. Let him see the dresses. Let him see. Uh, you know, he can't drink. He's, he's, I think he's, he's still not 21, but he can, he, he can see people drinking. He can see the, the atmosphere. And yeah, let's name a race after him. I don't think that's too big of an ask for or Thurby, maybe. Bring Tyrese Hunter in for Thurby and make race 11. I don't care what. You know who? What big sponsor has put something in the in the to, to get the naming rights? But name it the Tyrese Hunter Classic. I have no problem with that whatsoever. I, I mean, make put a Maker's Model bottle with him. I mean, name a drink after him. I don't know. You think you said he can't? He's not old enough to maybe drink, but who cares? Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah, let's do it. Texture says probably the most. I can't believe we haven't talked about this yet today. So I got a little check. The our, our owners. I know the owners are in here. They're like talking. I'm not just fumbling over my words for no reason. I think people keep like, waving and talking to me. He came in and I was like, "We're talking about did you write?" He goes, "He signed." <laughs> <laughs> Texture says probably the most important topic of the day, and I apologize if this was already brought up. But did TK scarf down that rubble, double roast beef and Mel Yell today? He's chasing DiMaggio's streak. 56 is in sight. And the answer to that question, folks, is yes. This is now a streak that stretches over three weeks. I believe it's now. Or date. No, this would be. 10. 10, yeah. 10 consecutive days of Arby's. The, the worst part was, was that I went there on Saturday. <laughs> Trevor. I was out and about. I just happened to be out and about. I was doing stuff. I was running some errands. And I was over in this area, and I was like, I kind of wanted something to drink. And I like, they, they have Fountain Mel Yellow there. But it's the only place I can get Fountain Mel Yellow at, by the way, in Louisville, is Arby's. There are a few places, don't tell me, a Hardy's has it, Wendy's has it. They've got those new Coca-Cola machines that have the buttons. The Mel Yellow tastes like crap. No. I hate the drinks out of the machine. So I'm they so have that, sorry. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a hard life I live. Yeah. So I went there, and I got me a drink, and the guy was, <laughs> the kid is working. I see almost every day now. I pull up and he goes, thought you were off on the weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I said, I am, but I was out in this area and wanted to get something to drink. He was like, see you on Monday. Man. He was there Monday when I went up to the line. I hope he's a listener of the show. I'll get his his name tomorrow. Man. We'll give him a shout out. This is a good kid. One of the first things I remember you telling me this a long time ago, like when we first were starting to do the show, about how like you get into, I get into a groove. You get into a groove I with do. things, whether it's food or it's you know TV shows or and when you do, like you're stuck. Like it's it's oh, it's yeah. all or nothing for a long time, well, and then when you're done, you're done. You've heard me with topics. I won't yes. let it go if I can't get if I can't find the answer. To I it. think we're all aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm curious to see how long this Arby's affinity goes because it, you're not just doing this for effect at this point. Like you said, you went over the weekend <laughs> to Arby's. So, but but when you're done, whether it's 20 straight days of Arby's, 11 straight days of Arby's, I feel like we're not going to hear about Arby's for like a year and a half. Uh, I won't be that long because Arby's is still a favorite of mine, <laughs> right there with Taco Bell. <laughs> but yeah, like uh, it would be. I don't know about, I'll tell you another story about the reputation in this city, but uh, it will be probably, like, I won't go there probably for a week, a couple of weeks. I wouldn't say a year, but I'd say at the max, maybe two weeks without going there once the streak does end. I used to go get my drinks from, a lot of times, from McDonald's because McDonald's used to carry Mellow Yellow as well, and they got rid of it. And so I used to go, I, sometimes I'd just go, and that's all I'd get the only fountain drink I'd get there. I don't know how long it had been, or I don't, I guess not paying attention, but a few weeks later, like they got rid of it, so I stopped going there. Like at one point, I stopped at Steak and Shake by Tinseltown. It's like at one in the morning, and I'm not paying attention. 
and then I pull up the drive through I pay it, and I just all I hear is this this, this girl in the drive through window go, "Hey, it's the Mellow Yellow guy." Oh my god! And I said, "What?" She goes, "Yeah, I used to work at McDonald's. You're the Mellow Yellow guy." It's like, good lord, oh, my reputation! What a re- my, that's a fantastic my, story. My rep has proceeded to other fast food places. My only across the, across the city. That's actually that's phenomenal. <laughs> the story isn't as good as that. When we played, do you remember when we played Memphis in Memphis State in 2011-12? So this would have been like December 2011. We're talking and football, basketball, basketball. Okay. And it was it was a notable game because Russ made his first start. I think it came out of nowhere. Like people didn't expect him to start. He did. He played phenomenally, and we we won. Okay. But I was like top ten hangover of my life that morning. Ooh. This is young Mike, single Mike, <laughs> single Mike. and we. <laughs> We went to Barno's before the game, and I'm just like, this is this is awful. Like, I, I'm not seeing straight. I, I just can't. And my friends are all drinking. I'm just ordering Mellow Yellow after Mellow Yellow. <laughs> and I think I'd had like seven Mellow Yellows. And finally, one of my buddies like asked our waitress, he's like, "Have you you how long have you worked here?" And she's like, "This is my fourth year." He's like, "Have you ever seen anybody order this many Mellow Yellows?" She goes, "Not in a day." Uh, she's like, "I haven't delivered, I haven't served this many Mellow Yellows in an entire day wow. working for anybody." And at the end of, like, we're getting ready to leave for the game, she brings me a beer. She's like, she's like I bought this for you. I just want to see if you can drink it. Because <laughs> I've been, like, like looking at my friend's beers and made me, like, want to hurl. And I did it. And it ruined the rest of my day. I, I, I couldn't think about I couldn't go out that night. It was just, it was terrible. I blame her for everything. We it was did, awful. We did some remotes from there with Nick Coffee. I mean, she must not have been working that day when I was there. Because you were Pan Amelio. Sure you set the new record. I don't think I've had a Mellow Yellow since, but Mellow it, it Yellow, saved me that morning. It's greater than Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew just... I disagree with that. I know. I'm more... Uh, Mellow Yellow's got like a... It's not as much... Um, oh, it's more laid back to me. It's Mellow Yellow. But Neither, unfortunately, it's not available. It's harder to find, too. They also got the unfortunate... Like, they got hit with that big headline that became like a word-of-mouth story. Do you remember that? Remember what you heard about Mel Yellow in the '90s? The, the, the sperm thing. Yes, yeah. like everybody heard yeah. the same thing. It diminishes your sperm. Yeah, I also, I also heard that if you if you smoke seeds too, and that didn't stop me from doing either one. No, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it, it became like a thing where it's like it's that yellow that's in like every yellow product. Like yeah, yeah and it's like it's like it takes like your 1.2 million sperms and like eliminates 15 of them or something. There used to be also the uh, the uh, uh, is it the wives' tale? Is that what it would be? The urban legend that if you drink Mel- uh, Mountain Dew, it kills your buzz. I never heard that. Like it brings down your t- yeah, the THC buzz. Oh, well, that's why I didn't hear that. <laughs> Those were rumors from your end of the world back in the day. Uh, Texture says, UMass player bayoneted by coach. Headline. <laughs> Would you be surprised? Uh, Get the gun away from that mascot immediately. I mean, even if Frank Mar- even if Matt Cross isn't there, Frank Martin should not have a weapon that accessible. Texture says Harlow, Jay Z, and Beyonce bring Hunter around Millionaires Row on Derby Day. How can he say no? I mean, it's time, Jay Z. There's no way he could say it. We would lock up every recruit. We've we haven't officially announced your <laughs> your Rock Nation son uh, as the new director of basketball operations, but it's coming. It's time. It's happened. It's been out there for like five days. Yeah. It's time for you to repay us a favor. Yeah, we talked about it, so it's official, right? Sure. Texas, I won a Mellow Yellow Chugging Contest at Camp Tall. I won a Mellow Yellow Chugging Contest at Camp Tall Trees many, many years ago. Props to you, man. Wow, okay. It's impressive. It's hard to chug Mellow Yellow. It's not that hard to chug Mellow Yellow. 
Well, he, he, clearly not. He won. I'll take him on. Let's okay. go. Well, that's, you're very defensive about that text. <laughs> I don't know. I just Mellow don't Yellow know. is my area. Yeah, come on. Don't come in here. Get your own Get your own thing, man. You got mad about my story, too. Like, anybody who has any sort of reference to Mellow Yellow, you're like, whatever. Mine's better. Sector says, I thought there was a conference rule for UofL requiring assistance to have a degree when DeWan was a freshman and Milt did not have a degree at the time. My memory is foggy on this. I mean, there. that was the little joke is that Louisville fans, when he went to Memphis, was like, oh, he doesn't even have a degree. I mean, you're making Cal do anything to cheat to get a kid. I, was, I never understood the joke. It's like, how are you making fun of him not having a degree? He went to Louisville. Yeah, I don't. Like, I never got the I've, point of that. But. I vaguely remember something like what the texter was saying. I've got no idea if that was valid or if it was just something that became a thing. I think it sounds like something Louisville fans probably, I think, became. Probably. Somebody, somebody mentioned it as a defense of why they didn't get him, and then it, it circled into being. It is weird that we because because that did become a big effect. Yeah, maybe it is. Uh, It became a big thing. I do remember hearing constantly like Milt never got a degree. It's like, well, I mean, like he's not alone. Like a lot of major college basketball players who went into coaching never got degrees. Shaq got one thirty years after he left LSU. Yeah, if you want an honorary degree, you can probably get one. Somebody has also resent in this picture of you as Joe DiMaggio breaking through the barrier (laughs) with an Arby's bag. With yeah, needs to be an Arby's bag in your hand. 56 days. Can we get there? We'll find out. I mean, well, does, do I get Saturday account? Because that, that was an off day? or is that... No, because well, then it would have to count Sunday and you didn't go. That's true. Okay, yeah. It's only when we're on the show. Yeah, so it's 10 days. Texture says, <laughs> Texture responded to the Larry Burkhead texture. Larry Burkhead, not a good dude. Not a friend of mine. Okay. <laughs> okay, wow. Texture says, uh, Larry. <laughs> Texture says, Mike and Trevor, Kit wasn't Kit also Johnny Utah's chicken point break? She taught him how to serve. I think that's right. I forget. Yeah, she was tank girl. I know that she wasn't Kit though. No. Kit sucked. Johnny Utah girl was fantastic. It's a great name. It's a great movie. I've actually never seen the original uh, Point Break all the way through. What? I've only seen bits and pieces of it. What? You strike me as like the ultimate Point Break guy. That's that's one of those '80s movies. Like like say anything. It took me forever to actually watch. Or uh, what's the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, and Richard Dawson in it? Um, Running Man. Like I hadn't watched. I watched Running Man for the first time went during the pandemic. Don't bring up Running Man in a conversation about Point Break. But it was these we, two things are not in the same but stratosphere. But they're also like kind of like classic eighties movies. No, they're not. Running Man's a pretty classic movie. Point Break is in a different universe than wow. Running Man. This is what I sound like when you made fun of your Mellow Yellow. <laughs> I'm upset. I love Point Break. Yeah, Mellow Yellow. <laughs> Uh, it's. I mean, I'm assuming you never watched the remake, then, right? No. Yeah. You, you, no, will I? No. Anyone who loves a, an original like that, and I have that feeling for a lot of movies, will never watch the the reboots. TJ texted in and said, "You guys talking about old man Burkhead's boy?" <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I love that <laughs> old man Burkhead. <laughs> Texture says, "Speaking of degrees, Steve Mastiello's degree fiasco totally changed the trajectory of that man's career." But that was a head coach, wasn't it? Yeah. And he, it also wasn't that he just didn't have a degree. I think it's that like he lied about it on his resume. Yeah, he went like he didn't go like full George O'Leary. I don't think, but he. This was also when yeah. George O'Leary was, I think, still fresh in everybody's mind. Was that was that that close to each other? I believe so because O'Leary was in the mid nineties though. No, George O'Leary. The Georgia Tech. Uh, the um, where was it? He Notre Dame. That's what right. It was. it was like two thousand, wasn't it? Two thousand one. Okay, two thousand one. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I guess that's my, my point. Did he only lie valid. about like being on the baseball team or something too? No, he had like a bunch of lies. Oh, was it okay? Yeah. Maybe that was just one of the many lies. Also, Mastiello, I'm not sure. Like, it definitely changed the trajectory of his career because he was going to South Florida. But I'm not sure that he would. South Florida is like an impossible job, and it was even more impossible back then. It's still, yeah, it's still impossible. Yeah, yeah it, I mean, it was like. Has I, anyone ever won at South Florida in basketball? No, Stan Heath. I don't think that's the counts. They had that one good team in 2012. I mean, like the 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 biggest like their their biggest claim to fame in basketball now is the fact that one of their former centers is a WWE wrestler. And he's not very good. Oh, the big guy yeah, that almost, people keep talking about. Yeah, he's like seven three. Uh, Texas says Point Break is a 90s movie. Was it 90s? I thought it was late 80s. I couldn't. Remember. I thought it was too. I'm with you. It's in it's in that 89 to 90. 91. Okay, yeah, it's in that area. I would have said it. I would have said like 88, 89. Too. I thought it was 89. Well, because Bill and Ted was 88. So okay. And he did that before. Texas says, uh, Triple T, Trevor, trivia time. What year was Mellow Yellow introduced? Oh, good Lord. Was it, was it, was it inspired by the song or not? Um, I'll say 1968. Larry Magic here, 79. So, wow, it's only been 79. It's that young. Yeah, I would have had no idea. I had no idea. Well, Mountain Dew was older than that, I think, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know either. Why? It, it, why, why would I, I know this? I love, I, was ta- I love how I even brought up the fact that even after the show on Friday, I'm texting you questions. I'm like, we're three hours removed from the show, and I'm still asking you stuff. Mountain Dew was invented in 1940. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's almost as old as the Masters, which was started in 1934. The, yeah. Nice. I'm not going to forget these, some of these stats. The original that. formula was invented in 1940 by Tennessee beverage bottlers Barney and Allie Hartman. There you go. I did not know that. Let's take a break on that note. Uh, more. We're thinking mellow yellow. Uh, more of your text and uh, more of. Uh, I can't even get to the. I want to get to the Miami NIL deal stuff in, in greater uh, context. I want to get to this Cunningham kid who's 2024 player signing a deal with Overtime Elite, we but also. Talk about Lonesome Dove. Maintaining his collegiate eligibility. <laughs> Trevor's got thoughts on Lonesome Dove. Who doesn't? And we'll try to get to as many texts as possible coming up after the break. It's the Monday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. We'll wrap it up next year on 1450 The Big X. Okay. We had 86 last week. Loving you. 85? No. 87? No. 84? No. 88? No. 89? No. 83? No. 82? No. 81? No. 80? Yeah! God, that far back? That was the last one, too. You had unanimous. One for 10. (laughs) That's fine. That's all I got there. Speaking of running things. 
My buddy's still trying to defend his Duke fan. Oh, God. I was an epic Eric Meek fan. No one was an Eric Meek fan. Stop. His mom didn't even like him. Stop. Cherokee Parks, Wojo, Trajan, Duhon, Matt Christensen. Who the hell was Matt Christensen? I don't know. I recognize every other name. (laughs) He's like, I love those guys. I don't even remember Matt Christensen. I think think he's making names up just to mess with me. Probably. <laughs> He's just throwing out random names. Uh, we've got uh, we've got about 15 minutes left here before we get out of here. We've uh, we've covered a lot of ground today, a lot of basketball recruiting stuff, a lot of transfer talk. Obviously, we've mentioned Brandon Huntley-Hatfield committing to UofL on Sunday, and we've talked now, as it happened during the show, about Tyrese Hunter having Louisville on his list of six schools, uh, the point guard transfer from Iowa State, who would be, I mean, a gigantic deal for Louisville in my estimation. I think he's the best player available in the portal, and he fits a position of need. There's a, I teased the list that's going to make Trevor mad. I don't think we're going to have time to get to it today, so we'll save that for tomorrow, which is good. Yeah, I don't even know what it is. You don't, which is yeah. the best kind. Um, I also wanted to bring up this. We can talk about it really quickly. Did you see Kyle Schwarber flip out on Angel Hernandez last loved night? Loved it. Everybody loved it. Like, I don't, I don't know. We've all felt this way about this man at some thing, point. I don't. I don't know baseball umpire names. Like the only two baseball umpires names I always rem- vaguely remember are, and we brought one of them up. The guy who took away the the perfect game from uh, the Rockies pitcher, and I always think of the uh, the dude who missed the really bad call in '85, um, the first base man. Um, I can't remember their names. That's how little I know about umpires. Those are like the only two names. Those are the only two umpires that like, ever come to my mind. And you didn't know. First of all, it was Galarraga pitched for the White Sox. Well, I thought he was the Rockies. Oh, you know why I think because of uh, Andres Galarraga. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who? What was that? The the umpire's name though. I don't remember. So your point. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's how little much I care about umpires. I remember the moments. And who was the one in '85? Who was that umpire's name? Who was the one in '85 for the between the the Royals and the Cardinals? The one that blew the call. The the blew the first base uh, first base call. Jim Joyce was the umpire, by the way. White Sox, perfect. Okay, game. who was eighty five? I have no idea. Okay, if I said the name, you would know it probably. And I'll Google it, and we'll get to it off the air. But I so I didn't know anything. I didn't know how bad this guy was supposedly was. But watching the one thing that bugged me about it was talking about by talking about how much he was so horrible. Yet they would only show like three clips from the entire game. Well, they showed his score, his scorecard. You know, they have the umpire scorecard that's I, out there. Okay, yeah. He was bad. He, I believe he was bad last night. Oh, but but Schwarber's blow up. I mean, just awesome. It was perfect. I mean, you don't even have to care what he is saying. I mean, his mannerisms of up, down, yeah. them. He up, points to the left, he points to the right side, and then he points right at him and be and it's like it's it's so good. It's, and then he comes back out and he's, I think someone said something about a cheesesteak has better vision. That's than what you. he said. He's that's what he claimed he said when they asked him about it. I'm like, man, I can see why people fall in love with this guy. Yeah. Ah, that was just go good. Texas says epic explosion. It was wonderful. I mean, we've all anybody who's ever watched Angel Hernandez umpire one of their team's games has Is he that bad? wanted. Oh, he's terrible, awful, and he umpires like every game. I feel like, and he has for like thirty five years. It's unbelievable. I mean, some of the calls he missed were bad. I, it's terrible. Even I noticed it. Uh, Texas says blanket update twenty twenty two. Did Trevor take the blanket home Friday? No, it's still there. They're both all of the, the whole thing is still out. The whole kitten caboodle is still outside. We're gonna. Have to, <laughs> I'm gonna end up having to clean it up. I'll do it. By the end of the week, I'll do it. I promise. Will you clean it up if Tyrese Hunter decides to come here? Yes. You Would you me? take that blanket home if Tyrese Hunter came here? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going like, to use it. I'll just take it home. <laughs> take it home. I'm not sleeping with it. <laughs> then I guess my next guest was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sleeping with it. I love Tyrese Hunter. I'm not, sleep- I'm not sleeping with it for anybody. DJ Wagner? No. That thing's disgusting. <laughs> no. Well, headline on the, on the message boards, Rutherford doesn't want Louisville to be good. Apparently, my the, the uh, I'm now being told that the 
my joke about Brad Calipari becoming an assistant is on like three different message boards. See, I make that joke about like fire up the message board thread, and then it really happens. I know, I know you're gonna love this, Don Deckinger. I've never heard that name. That was the that was the rings guy zero bells for me. Missed the horrible call in the World Series that that kept the uh, Cardinals from basically winning. Don't remember it all. Text says Brandon the Hunter Hatfield. <laughs> Mike, I can sum up my emotions with three words. It's our turn. Our turn to have a dominant front and put fear in our opponents and our turn to control the rivalry. Our turn to be an NBA factory. Go cards, go portaling. There, it was their time down up there. It's our time our down, turn here. down here. Yeah. Texture says, Oh, did you see the they got home field just did add bigger sizes, by the way. How much bigger? They've got two XL, three XL, four XL. We're getting there. They got a new uh, thick six shirt for Mike Golick Jr. <laughs> it's his thing. Thick six. Thick six. It's like six. Fat guy touchdown. Okay. Four, I'm still worried about 4X with them. Like, I'm a big dude, and the 4X sometimes with the way those are, are cut, it's, it's not really a 4X. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Texas right. says uh, Brandon Huntley Hatfield's high school 24-7 sports rating would rank number 10 on Louisville's all-time recruiting rankings. Here's the hoping he's better than the other nine. It w- <laughs> yeah, we have a, that's not a bit comforting. Not, we're not going to go over yeah. the list again. Yeah, no, it would have been even higher had he stayed in the current class and not reclassified where he was like number eight, I think, before he moved to 2022 or 2021, I mean. so. I mean, yeah. do we get him, though, if he stays in this 2022 class? I mean, he's already going to be committed. probably not. I mean, he's already going to. Who knows? Be I mean, you don't. You're right. He, he could have been committed to someone who could LSU and they'd let go of their coach or something. But you never know. Yeah, never know. Texas says so. JJ Trainer is moving to small forward now, right? Will be hard to find PT with Curry, Rose, Jalen, and Huntley Hatfield. It seems possible. I mean, it is possible. I don't know. He. I mean, he's going to have to. Yeah, I don't know. One of those guys. We said this last year going into the season. One of those guys is going to have to be the odd man out. By the time we get halfway through the season, they're going to see their PT diminish, and because you can't just play, you can't rotate five front court guys for no. two positions. But if you know what, I don't blame Kenny Payne and his staff for saying, "Listen, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be cream rising to the top, and some that fall to the bottom of the ocean, and it's going to be up to you guys to figure out which one it is." For sure. Um, Hoop Vision Jordan Sperber, who I love, I think he makes. If you want to be a basketball nerd. He makes it very easy to understand. He was on staff in New Mexico State for a long time, and now he does these in-depth stories, puts out a lot of good videos that are easy to follow. And he did a good thing in his last newsletter about does depth actually help you in March? And the teams that are the best and the teams that have the most success in March, by and large, and of course there are some some outliers, but have really short benches, are playing six, seven guys by the time they get to that point in the season. All the timeouts, TV and team-wise – Foul trouble is the only thing that would, would, would cause exactly. a depth issue. It's not the wear and tear of like what it, you would think it would be. You want to let your best players get into a groove, mm-hmm. and they can't get a feel for the game if they're being yanked every three or four minutes. Yep. Like That's, that's just it's basketball. Same thing goes for like the quarterback position. That's why rotating quarterbacks doesn't work. I totally agree. Texas is complete theoretical, but with current NIL, is there a way for us to get recruits on campus for Derby weekend and get them to Churchill Downs? I mean, I know we've talked about you. You brought up the can't you know, buy their tickets. You can't buy their tickets, so that eliminates them going. But I would think a, a, a recruit could afford a Thurby ticket or an Oaks ticket, maybe, wouldn't right? Or I mean, you know, we got a, there's a lot of deep pockets in this but, but, area. But, but Get, even buy if, a box for these recruits. Come yeah, on. but even if you're not going to do that, and like I said just earlier, if you're not even if you're not going to take them to actual Derby, just the having them in town this, this weekend or that said weekend with all the parties, celebrities. I mean, yeah, come on. 
I mean, Step it up, Harlow. Yeah, I mean, we let's take. You're the, carrying this program, Harlow. We've got a bad reputation for not having the best party entertainment in Minority Hall. You know, let's let's step it up, okay? We've got the best. The, the time best, has come. The best, of the best now in this weekend. The Denny Crumb Dorm is coming. It's gonna remove all that stigma. Let's Chris. <laughs> no more Tuesday day shift quality, okay? <laughs> this is the Kenny Payne era now. Yeah, this is the big time. Uh, we were talking about the. The waterfall thunder and how much Mark Weinberg was depressed about it not returning. Texas, the waterfall actually damages the paint on the bridge. It's freshly painted, so they're not going to be doing the waterfall for a while. Good to know. Who gives a bleep about the paint on the bridge? <laughs> Some of that yellow bridge? Indiana Larry texted and says, Ask Trevor if he remembers the baby bull and papa bull talk on colors. Oh, yes. That's, that's a great. I thing. can assume it's the same story that we've everybody's heard of the old. Why not walk down there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's one. what he tells Sean Penn in the car. Yep. Texas, that's any word funny. on Cahill Fennel? First of all, do you know who Cahill Fennel is? It's the guy that invented crystal meth, right? No. <laughs> Cahill <laughs> Fentanyl, according to Trevor. I haven't, I, I haven't heard if he's landed a new gig yet. I think he's still in town. I'm more curious about McMahon's. I don't know. Where, Ross McMahon's, I mean, he's been well, going yeah. back and forth between the the NBL and the NBA, or NBA, whatever the, the Australian league is. Yeah. Um, I would assume he'll probably like would not shock me at all if this is his last foray into assistant college coaching because this one didn't go well. And uh, That's a statement. I know he had uh, he, he had coffee with Jeff Greer a few weeks ago, and Greer was like, "I didn't realize how bad it was." It's when like, you say he had coffee, did he serve it to Greer? Or no, then, no, <laughs> no. They met for coffee, and uh, McMahon's kind of let him know exactly how bad things were this year behind closed doors. And like we really needed that to be an off the record topic. I well, mean, I mean. <laughs> He'd heard there was more stuff than I had heard. That oh, I, that, even yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was anything you can imagine took oh, place wow. over that those Don't, five months. It sounds like, my yeah. I, even though I grew up in a Nintendo era, I still have some imagination. Yeah, but that's uh, that's yeah. I, I don't. I don't know where he goes from there. I mean, is it, is it fair that Pegues is the only one we care about in terms of the, from this time on? Now? I mean, I care, no, I, I like Kale Fennel a lot. I think he was a really good guy. I think the players really liked him. I was a I was I was a fan of honestly the. Like all the assistants, I thought they were all good guys. I'll root for them all moving forward. But yeah, I definitely want Mike McGee to have success at Butler. I like that whole staff. I mean, they've yeah, got oh, Greg Oden on staff. Thad Mata is an awesome guy. Sounds like a fun staff. Yeah. Mark Tyus and I, we've we decided we've adopted them as our second favorite team for next year. Like we're all in on the Butler bandwagon because I love McGee and he loves obviously his like best friends are on the the staff and th- his former coach. So he's got a little bit more of a connection than I do. But uh, but I, I, I'll I'll cheer for Butler. Is Mike for Conley sure. still on the Jazz? I think so. Let's say one. He joined the step. I think he, he's still on the Jazz. He was on the team last year, the year before last year. He was on the team last year. I mean, he was kind of he's kind of a shell of what he was in Memphis. Yeah, he's on the Jazz. Okay, he's still on the team. Okay. They, by the way, Jazz tonight, tonight yeah. trying to take the lead back in the series. They at nine thirty TNC. They're going to be taking on uh, uh, it's game five. Who are they playing again? That's Mavericks. Dallas because yeah, they won the last game because you know Donovan Mitchell passed to Rudy Gobert for a uh, alley oop dunk to take the lead. People were saying, well, Mitchell never passes to Rudy. Pass to Rudy. Didn't Dunk uh, Luca? He's injured though, isn't he? Yes, I don't know. I, I I have watched five seconds of the series. I'll be perfectly honest. I've w- checked out on the NBA playoffs. I, 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 I'm sure I'll get into it when we get a little bit deeper. But I I've not watched it hardly at all. I, I did watch like a two quarters of Memphis and Minnesota and thought to myself, these are not pretty good basketball team. And Memphis is a two seed. They're not a very good basketball team. I've loved Jose Alvarado going toe to toe with Chris Paul and just not taking any of his crap because you know Josh Passner. All he does is produce NBA superstar guards. I don't know why I saw that Jose Alvarado? I was, sometimes I was like, didn't he play for the Phillies? 
Like, wasn't there, wasn't there a baseball player with the Phillies name? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> uh, Texas, the year is 2025. Harlow just did his 50th song name dropping a recruit. Life is good. <laughs> he could do a whole mixtape album of recruit. Like, he should do, He should look at the 2023 class and just do, like, a song for every recruit on there. Why not? I mean, it can't be that hard to do. I mean, We'll drop a bag. Yeah. Texas, how long before we have a QR code jerseys like UCF? They have that? I haven't seen that. QR codes. That's the thing we scan it. Yeah, with your phone. Yeah. They have them on the jerseys? Apparently. I saw some UCF like crazy. They buy any talent. Well, they, they play by plenty of talent. They got like every power conference transfer goes down there. We'll see. I was, was, I'm kidding. Never mind. My mind went some reason to South Florida, not Central Florida. No, yeah. USF's not doing anything. Yeah. UCF's I, the school that's yeah, trying. I don't know why. Because I, I think it's because we talked USF earlier. Maybe that's why it's stuck in my head. Yeah. All right. The texture has updated the DiMaggio pick with now <laughs> you holding an Arby's bag, breaking through the 56 barrier. It's even better. <laughs> We're on day 10. Now, now let me qu- here, here, quick question for the rules on this. What does it does it count? Does 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 the if I get something different other than my double roast beef? Yeah, it's it's Arby's. Okay, it's Arby's in general. Okay. Yeah. Because I just keep getting the same double roast beef because it's just. I mean, I, I, lo- I do love a beef and cheddar, but I hate the red sauce, so I always hate playing like the, the game of maybe because if I get it and they don't give me they put red sauce on it despite me asking, I won't eat it, and then I'm wasting a sandwich. And sure. I'm hungry, yeah. So. Texas says, Trevor's my long-lost twin. Love for the 80s slash wrestling slash drive through reputation. Keep the decades alive, brother. Hey, you might be. My By dad, the way, my we dad were... was out there uh, laying the uh, like Johnny Appleseed around the city. So I mean, oh, we, we were both wrong about Galarraga. He was with the Tigers. You said Rockies. I said White Sox. We were, <laughs> <laughs> we were both wrong. <laughs> Texas let us know. Uh, Texas says, if, you, if y'all don't clean up the blankets by Friday, I'm calling the hazmat team for it. Also, can you please send the blankets and container to UK coaching staff at the craft center? <laughs> uh, st- I don't think they've been touched either. Oh, my God. Like moved. Texture has made this picture. <laughs> Edited your face on this mellow yellow picture. Is that, what is that? It's a mellow yellow ad from what appears to be the 1980s that now has your face on it. With a shirtless guy with it a... It like it could be me. It's NWA Collector Can Series. It's a... Dusty Rose. Oh, that's your face on Dusty okay, Rose. NWA. I was thinking, yeah, Dusty Rose. That's what I think of. Who's doing a Mellow Yellow ad. That's awesome. I've got a Mellow Yellow t-shirt, but it doesn't really fit. It used to, but then I had too many Mellow Yellows. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like a double-edged sword on that one, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, brother. I don't know. Listen, listen, Dusty. Dusty, you can drink into Mellow Yellow. Hard times, my friend. Hard times when the mellow yellow be out of the stock. Say C plus Dusty Rhodes and Oh come on, how would you know? I know Dusty Rhodes. I mean, he was around when I was wrestling. Wrestling plumber. (laughs) (laughs) Hard times is this classic one too. You got come on. All right, uh, we've got uh, three NBA games tonight. Well, let's just pick the the series that has gotten the most attention. Even though it's what three zero and Boston's going for a sweep tonight. Celtics on the road taking on the Nets. Will we get some weird Ben Simmons Photoshop picture again? We'll see. Hey, Reggie was getting on him apparently. Good. Ben Simmons sucks. Like there's, he does there's suck. no defending him. Like this Ben Simmons sucks. Get him Ky- out of here. Kyrie is 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 a is a regular season selfish player, and KD is a shell of what he once was. Agreed. I said this a couple. They're still ago. one and a half point favorites tonight, though. <laughs> Put money. Seven on o'clock TNT. Boston sweeps. I say the Nets win this one, and they win one more, and they go out in six. That's my guess. I love that. I love the Nets are getting swept by a boss team using all those players they still got acquired from those picks that they pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, they won the trade though. Whatever. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. All right. Uh, we we got to take a break. Oh, it's not we're take not a break. Really we got to. We're taking a end of the day break. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm not coming back in four minutes. We're on until 5.30 tomorrow because we got bats coverage. Until we see you guys next at 3 o'clock, let's get Tyrese Hunter on board. Do whatever you can. Tweet Jack Harlow. Tweet Tyrese Hunter. Let's make this happen. Bring Tyrese Hunter to Louisville. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3.